plots of land and the starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Let me ride through the wide open country that I love. Don't fence me in. Let me be by myself in the evening breeze. Listen to the murmur of the cottonwood trees. Send me off forever, but I ask you please. Don't fence me Today's the official commemoration of it, but yesterday was Veterans Day. But like, so is today Veterans Day? Because yesterday was really Veterans Day, I thought. It's Armistice Day, I know that. I, but today's the actual commemoration, the official holiday, I guess you could say. Uh, but nonetheless, yesterday was uh, Veterans Day, and it was uh, very cool, kind of all this... Uh, uh, coming together of all the uh, family members and that kind of thing for my mom's 90th birthday. And I'll put up a Facebook post about that. But also then we had, uh, of course, Ethan in town as well. And that was nice. It added an added benefit to being able to see him. And then also, uh, yeah, I put some pictures up on my Facebook page with my grandfather, who was a second lieutenant in the uh, Coastal Artillery Corps back in 1918. And very cool to be able to uh, kind of honor him at the same time also you know, on this, the 100th anniversary of the end of World War One, which was a had a huge impact on this in this country in a variety of ways. 
And you know, just in terms of the, uh, as Jimmy Carafano pointed out uh, a while back, was a, a huge impact on the country. Uh, but but because of the the startling kind of uh, effect it had on many of us, uh, and uh, us meaning I wasn't obviously alive then, but uh, on the the horrors of war, and we didn't have TV cameras and didn't have the news media back then to be able to tell us what was going on in heaven forbid uh boy i'll tell you if if we uh if if we did uh in, in some way shape or form it, it would have uh, probably had a huge impact on uh on on the war itself and and actually had you had even the the, the news coverage of uh of the uh world war 2 there's no doubt in my mind that we would have been unable to put up with some of the losses and some of the deaths that we saw pretty much on a on a on a regular basis we, we i don't know whether you all ever seen seen the movie a bridge too far uh you would have been in a situation where uh we would have seen like that the the thousands of deaths there and it was considered a loss by any stretch of the imagination and so we lost a lot of battles during the world war 2 we 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 lost many battles and had those been actually brought forth i'm not quite sure whether we ever would have ultimately had uh, D-Day, we would have ever embarked on that, considering how dangerous and 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 what a risk uh, the Normandy invasion was. I'm not quite sure we would have ever been able to to stomach that, uh, and yet uh, we did. But I, I guarantee you, we did it in spite of, in, in modern terms, what would have been a media blitz. Had the media been on on World War II, we would have never defeated. Hitler, in my opinion, because they would have shown us things that I think most Americans uh, couldn't tolerate. I want to grab a story here, uh, by the way, from over the weekend, which was uh, an example, speaking of World War One and, and the situation in, uh, in France and the president basically telling Macron to eat it, and I, I, I'm glad he did. But there was a story making the rounds about uh, President Trump canceling his trip to a uh, French cemetery. And it even got to the point where David Frum, who is a individual who used to work for G.W. Bush and was a speechwriter for him and was fired as a speechwriter for G.W. Bush. Fired, by the way. And now David Frum is one of the leaders of the... Uh, Never Trump movement. And he said in his piece, he said, it's incredible that a president would travel to France for this significant anniversary and then remain in his hotel room watching TV rather than pay in person his respects to the Americans who gave their lives in France for the victory gained 100 years ago. The problem with that is that the president wasn't in a hotel, by the way. He was at an ambassador's residence there, 
and was not in a hotel. And that matters because when you are making such criticisms and you are making false criticisms and trying to create a story where you are attacking the president for just shunning American deaths by saying that the president is hanging out in a hotel, the least you could do is get it right about where the president is. And then we'll get to the facts about whether or not he actually shunned the Americans. But at the very least, if you're going to make a criticism of some sort, be right about it instead of purposely lying. And, and, and David from, okay, no, I didn't purposely lie. I just didn't know. Well, if you didn't know, then don't friggin' type it. If, if you didn't know where the president was staying, Don't make it up. And that's the problem we have. The president was not staying at a hotel. He was staying at the ambassador's residence. So that kind of flies in the face of this attitude or this this insinuation somehow that the president was holed up in a hotel room watching TV, which, of course, he couldn't even know whether the president was watching TV, even if he were in a hotel room. But it doesn't matter to the people who are the never-Trumpers and the Trump critics. They went hog-wild on this story yesterday or the, the day before on the cancellation of, the, of, the, of uh, the trip. It was – the weather in France at that time was horrible. In Paris, it was terrible. It was unflyable. There are people who fly – helicopters and fly them for a living, whether it be in St. Louis or here, where they just don't fly. They just don't fly in bad weather. Uh, And and they don't, because it's too dangerous to fly in bad weather. It's, 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 uh, It's not helpful to anybody. They have people who are in, uh, who are, who fly in air ambulances here, who have uh, nurses on staff who who do that kind of thing. My friend Tammy Scott is a person who is such a long-time listener to the show. She works there for Mercy, and she goes down to uh, – when the weather is bad, they don't fly. They do ground help for individuals who are severely injured. So even when somebody is incapacitated and badly needs their help, there are times when weather prevents them from flying. Even in life or death situations, if the weather's bad, they can't go and get you. So that's that's a that's a pretty big ass deal. I mean, it, it makes a difference. So the helicopter, Marine One does not fly in bad weather. And normally if the president needs to get, for instance, to uh, the Air Force Base to take off an Air Force One and the weather's bad, then they'll motorcade him there to Andrews if they have to. And, and if not, they just don't go. But but the helicopter doesn't fly in bad weather. It's too dangerous. You can't – you'd never risk the life of the president of the United States – in, in bad weather in a helicopter over there. When it's too too hard to fly, they don't friggin' fly. It's very simple. So the cemetery is uh, 55 miles away from Paris. And, and you'd think, well, somebody might think, well, um, why can't they just drive 55 miles? It can't be that far away. 
for a presidential motorcade, it's an eternity and it's dangerous. And to drive 55 miles through the ultimately outside of Paris, you get into the hillsides and you get into these villages and you get into these areas where uh, it, it, it's it, it's unbel- it's incredibly dangerous to to try to send a presidential motorcade 55 miles through the hills of France. It's just not going to happen. And, and, and the Secret Service is like, um, we're not doing this. On top of that, it would have had to have been a uh, – I don't know whether you guys know what, when, when, the, when the Secret Service comes in, and, and I, I can't get my Facebook to open up. I know it's there, but I can't get my Facebook to open up. But I, I've been having some problems with Facebook lately. But uh, but the the uh, there we are. There you guys are. Hello, people. Good morning, people. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, this morning. Yeah. Let me just check you out here. Get you on. Get you on tap there. There we go. I'm going to talk about this uh, this wine in a second. Purple Heart wine. It's awesome. Whether you guys can, I'll, I'll bring. I'll bring it. I'll uh, put something on Facebook later about it. Maybe I'll take a picture of it and put it up there. Uh, so anyway, it's it, it, I don't know even know why I'm I'm uh, explaining this, but uh, no, Lisa, it's warm in here. Does it look cold in here? Lisa says I need a space heater. Why do I need a space heater? Where are you? Are you here? Are you hiding around here someplace? Are you cold? Are you are you in the? Uh, are you somewhere in there over here? Because I'm I'm perfectly fine. Lisa, what are you doing here? Where are you? Are you outside? Because it's cold outside, but I don't need a space heater in here. I'm actually warm. Good morning, this morning. So anyway, here's the... I I, oh, I look cold. <laughs> That's because I have the... Um, I want to have my hoodie on. I, I wore the hoodie as a defensive gesture. It just in the event that uh, there was a, a cold... The, the heat wasn't on here. Because I wasn't coming in here... And doing the 59 degrees thing again. That was not going to be happening for me. So I came. Uh, I came dressed. I came dressed it to, uh, to, to, be, to be warm. But yeah, I, I decided I was going to. Yeah, so the heat was finally turned on. So I, I wore this, though, in the possible anticipation of a, uh, a cold weather day uh, in, in here. 59 degrees. And believe me, you know, it's interesting when it's out, when it's cold outside, it's one thing. When it's cold inside, it's another thing. It seems colder when it's inside as opposed to when it's outside. Like when it's cold inside, it's freaking cold. It seems colder. Anyway, we, uh, that that's the, that's the true story coming out of France. And, and, you know, I, I shouldn't have to explain it because I should be able to kind of go and 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 talk about the great things that the president did overseas and all that kind of stuff. And I will eventually. And Mark Cason is going to be in, but uh, but he probably doesn't even know the true story about the the cemetery visit or whatever it is. But nonetheless, that's that's what happens when you uh, when 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 you have the news that decides they're going to they're they're going to try to smear the president at all costs. And so we 
we decide that we're going to, at that point, protect the president and protect his interests. So anyway, a 55-mile-hour road trip all of a sudden on the part of the Secret Service doesn't happen. It's it's not there's there's no way you're going to get the 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 Secret Service to sit there and say oh okay well we'll just take the we'll just take we'll just drive it's like that doesn't happen with the leader of the free world uh, and, and usually even before a president visits for instance Cape Girardeau or St Louis what the uh, what what the uh, they do is they come a week ahead of time sometimes maybe even days ahead of time. And they come and they will mark the territory and, and, and flesh out the territory and make th- sure everything's okay. And even to the point where they are marking out where the motorcade is going to be. So in the event of a terrible weather that just kind of besets uh, Paris, they don't suddenly like just say within like an hour say, oh, the weather's bad. Let's go ahead and just hop in the car. This doesn't ever happen that way. And that's the truth about what happened with the with the president's cancellation of a cemetery visit. But almost every news outlet and and the never Trumpers all decided they were going to make a big ass deal about that and uh, and turn it into a you know the crime of the century that the president didn't go. He couldn't. That's the bottom line there. We'll talk more about that a little later on. I don't know whether you guys uh, see this uh, bottle of Purple Heart wine. It's really good. My buddy Phil from Southern Glazers uh, gave me a case of this to celebrate for my mother's 90th birthday, and it was really great wine. It's, it's, it, was a, it was a hit. And Phil in Southern Glazers and the rest of the crew there, Southern Glazers is a premier distributor of liquor and wine in St. Louis and love these guys. They're really tight with my guys over at Santino Cigars and Cocktails. Uh, down there in Arnold off of Vogel Road. I had actually had a dream. It entered into my dream somehow. I don't know how that happened. But it entered into my dream that uh, that I had the sign. Like, I even dreamt about that sign. How did I dream about a sign? Isn't that crazy? But I did. I dreamed that dreamed the sign was right here. I brought it in. The, 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 the sign came in. I was dreaming about it. I don't know. Now, you'd think that, you know, if I was a, uh, if I was uh no, Lise, I'm not going to drink it this morning. I should, though. I could. I could have a wine tasting here on the air. The problem is I drink now, and I'm done for the day. That's the problem. I have a big day ahead, and I'm uh, I'm done if I drink wine in the morning. But I'll tell you, I could live like that. You know, I could, I could do that. It would be, you know, the life of Riley. I'd be just drinking little red wine in the morning to get me started. But, yeah. But, yeah, the drink... <laughs> Phil's like the dream is a sign. Very funny, but no. Why? Why would I have? I have so many moments that that I can dream and occupy it with all kinds of crazy, beautiful things, and I probably did. But the one thing I remembered was the Santino sign that decided to go into that. That came into my dreams last night or the night before. I can't. I can't even remember. It's been such a long. Weekend anyway, uh, Purple Heart wine. This is very good. It's it's a table wine. It's a red wine from Sonoma County, uh, California. But what they do is they give a donation to the Purple Heart Foundation, and they and they have. I don't know whether you guys know about the Purple Heart Foundation, but for sixty years they've been supporting and honoring 
uh, veterans. So they gave uh, they helped 19,000 veterans secure more than $20 million or $210 million in VA benefits uh, for their VA service officers. And then they also are just simply providing money for programs that assist veterans with uh, service dogs and have helped uh, with scholarships that are allowing veterans to go to school and cope with PTSD. And there's also research that they help fund to uh, heal people going through traumatic brain injuries. And so this wine, you can find it at Deerberg's. I mean, it almost seems like it's like, well, we're using Veterans Day to sell a wine. I kind of am. Yeah, I kind of am. Because uh, what what Phil says he does is he gets this purple uh, heart wine and and serves it at holiday events like Christmas and Thanksgiving and uh, on Veterans Day. And we did it, it and they use it and he uses it to toast the veterans in the family. And it's really kind of a cool thing, but it still is a worthy cause. And it's a great wine. So it's called Purple Heart Wine. And you can find it at Deerbrook's. I think you can get it at, at, at Schnooks, too. So uh, very cool. Very cool. We'll talk to uh, Marcation about the uh, the situation in France because he's he's apparently on Macron's side. You, you, you know, why would you go to a country and be hosted by a guy who's going to decide that on Armistice Day, the day commemorating the end, the 100th anniversary of the end of World War I, why would you have to put up with Macron basically deciding that he's going to attack the president for his views on nationalism? Why would, why would you think that that's okay to go to Paris and just simply be lectured by a, a, another world leader. Why? Why would you? Why would you go and attack the person you're hosting? And and uh, it was interesting how Macron took a shot at the country uh, and the United States and at the president's view of nationalism. And he just had to sit there, uh, and and the president just said, "No, I'm not. I'm not really gonna uh, do this. We're gonna we're gonna go home, basically. Right right when your little forum starts, we're getting the hell out of here. I, we, I came here, I did all that we had to do, and I'm not gonna sit here and listen to some fop criticize the country while I'm sitting there, which is of course Macron's plan." And, of course, they decided they were going to have all the headlines ready that Macron attracts Trump everything else. Now, back in the old days when people like Obama would go over there and shine the shoes of, of European leaders, and, I'm, and that's not a racist comment. I, I use that comment for everybody. There were, there were, Romney would have done the same thing, shine the shoes of world leaders. It's about spit shine the su- shoes of world leaders. We'd go over there and undercut every element of our country. We'd go to Europe and, and we'd ask him, I'm sorry, what problems do you have with us? Uh, we'll fix them. And we'd go over there and undermine everything there is about our country on a European stage. Well, you know what? That, those days are 
Those days are gone. We don't do that anymore. And the president in no way, shape, or form should have been able to, uh, should have had to have uh, put up with all that stuff. And so he got the hell out of there. And, and, and uh, he, he talked, and, and, and Father Tom talks about Macron and this uh, EU, European Union Army, sure thing. I'm sure that's the, what is it, like the French Foreign Legion? And I realize those guys have done some good work, but please uh, spare me the 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 the, uh, the the President Trump having to face off with the the supposed leader of the international community. Because see, that's what's going on here. Back in the day, when President Trump first visited Europe, they declared that Angela Merkel was the leader of the free world. They were so desperate to find some old lady in a pantsuit that they could declare a leader because. Their old lady in a pantsuit just got her ass kicked uh, in November of 2016. So they had to come up with some other old lady in a pantsuit. And they decided it would be uh, Angela Merkel. And they're like, oh, they're, they're, now there's our leader. She's she's the true leader of the world. Uh, we don't need to, you know, President Trump isn't. She, she is because they were so desperate to find somebody with a, you know, thick neck and a and a pantsuit to, to call the free leader of the free world. And so they did. Now they're doing the same thing with Macron. Macron apparently is supposed to be the guy who is uh, is our international leader. We're no longer really uh, just a country. We are uh, we we are an international community, and so forget about calling yourself a uh, nationalist. Now, bearing in mind, and of course, it's very obvious here. And Vicky, you're right. She destroyed Germany. She's She's the opposite of a nationalist. She's a, you know, who cares who we are? We're not Germany. We're just a place for everybody from North Africa to come and squat and harass our women at swimming pools and rape them during uh, New Year's Eve celebrations. Come on in, everybody. We're not a country anymore. We're just we're we're just an international community called Germany. Come on in, and her her people hate her for that. But nonetheless, uh, Macron and these other guys forget <laughs> that uh, that the uh, that if it weren't for nationalism, if it, were, if it weren't for American pride, if it weren't for the United States of America, if if it weren't for our country and our flag and our national pride, we never would have gotten involved and helped European. Sovereignty. We never would have been able to do that in World War One and World War Two. We would we would have never been able to be part of the saving of the world. We were our nationalism was what made us great. Our nationalism was what made us the in in case of fire break glass country for a hundred years. So. America was steadily relied on as a country, and had we just said, oh, no, uh, we're just part of the international community. We'll get everybody else together. We'll let's have a meeting and figure out how we're going to deal with this war thing, and, and then we'll come to a conclusion. If it weren't for our leadership and, indeed, our nationalism, we never would have saved the world the way we did, and we did. And and you can go whether the president went to Paris to see the the, the fallen from World War One. He could have easily gone to Normandy and seen the fallen from World War Two. 
So France has a lot to thank us for. I mean, they have a lot to thank us for. And so to have Macron get out there and, and act like we're now the scourge of the world, let's, let's even if he really thought that President Trump was a jerk, you would still uh, shy away from deciding you're going to directly attack the President of the United States during an Armistice Day commemoration of the 100th anniversary of it. It's, that's pretty rude. And now people say, well, the French are always uh, rude. And they're not really. I, I, I was in Paris in 2000. I, I found the French people to be very nice. I didn't really, I didn't have that experience. But other people I know have had that experience. And they think the, the French are, are, are rude and, and, uh, and, you know, and arrogant and stuffy. And I, I don't, I didn't get that when I was there. That might've changed. Although I did remember, and this was back in 2001, I did remember, though, that uh, there were certain communities there, even then, that were overrun with migrants, and they were causing trouble even then. This was 18 years ago. They were, they were having problems then. I mean, it wasn't really pronounced. It wasn't a big deal, but there were areas of uh, Paris and, and of France that you wouldn't go because it was overrun with migrants who wouldn't even allow the police into these neighborhoods. This was in 2001, so... I'm just saying, it's pretty pretty crazy. So I didn't have the experience, though, with the French at that time being arrogant, but they are. I mean, at least their leadership is. And Macron should be on his knees thanking American nationalism for saving the world. Not that he cares. He's young. He doesn't ha- have any sense of history, and he doesn't give a rip. He's, he's part of the nouveau euro, where they're all just one big happy community. Well... Uh, you you go there. You 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 go ahead and become a, a suburb of North Africa. You you knock yourself out doing that. That's not what we're going to be doing here in the United States of America. We're not a suburb of anybody, and we're the good old beautiful U.S. of A. So there you go. Happy Veterans Day to all of you, and thank you so much for uh, your service. And I was funny because it was I I I was trying to catch up on my. Uh, Facebook post yesterday, and even with uh, with Ethan, I was like, you know, I kind of got a little off because my mom's birthday, ninetieth uh, uh, birthday, was on the uh, was on the ninth, but it was a Friday, and I all and and uh, we hosted her party on a uh, Saturday, so all the time I was thinking that her. So so on Friday we had the quilt show at her gallery right where she lives there which is great and it was beautiful it was a beautiful night and uh and Margaret uh thank you so much for um for coming I saw Margaret Sharp there she was uh hanging out and meeting the family and everything else so thank you for that dear but she was there but we had that part of the party and everybody was invited to come see the quilts that my mom makes and She's a beautiful artist and a beautiful quilter, and we had the uh, feather wreath, as they call it, which is kind of this little signature you put on every, almost like a, a, a signature you might put on a painting. And we had that there, and that was from my uh, great, great, great grandma, Annie, uh, and that was like from 1840-something, and we had the original feather wreath, which, which is a kind of a... a a cutout, like it's a paper cutout 
that is used as a template for the feather wreath uh, on on the uh, on the quilt, which is really cool. So that was my uh, that was my great 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 grandma Annie, and then my no no that's my great great grandma Annie. Then my great grandma Lizzie carried that on, and Lizzie uh, was a trooper. She poor little thing. She she's all of about five feet tall. And the cutest thing in the world. I love it. My my uh, great grandma Lizzie. She was something. I had a picture of her, and she was just this uh, little tiny, tiny girl. And she uh, she's about five feet. Like my, my my grandma was about five feet five one, just a little thing. But they were hardy farm girls uh, up there in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. They were really something. And she died. Poor Lizzie died at, uh, I think, about, about the age of fifty-one or something. She was just, uh, she got sick and died. And so, uh, grand, uh, great grandpa handled the rest of the family. But it was still quite a quite a time for them. But yeah, she then Lizzie, then my my grandma, and then my mom. So they were all kind of uh, present in my in my house. I'll I'll uh, put some pictures up on Facebook today for for all of that as well. And also a little bit about this Purple Heart wine, which is great. Thank you, Phil, for that. We were able to drink that uh, last, uh, Saturday night and, and celebrate uh, my mom's 90th. And so it was fantastic. Mark Cason is going to come in here. Mark Cason is representing France this morning. Uh, representing France, ladies and gentlemen, Mark Cason. <laughs> Aren't you? I'm seeing him through the window in the green room, and he's all ready to go to talk about how, you know, on this day, on this Veterans Day, Donald Trump is blah, blah, blah. He's going to prison and whatever. So we'll follow up with him on that. But ladies and gentlemen, come on now. On this, the official commemoration of Veterans Day, how about our national anthem? What would you do with the money if you didn't have to pay your house payment for two months, especially around the holidays? That's right. No house payment for two months. 
This is James Hawkins at Golden Oak Lending. Don't let money problems spoil your holidays. You can use the increased value of your home to pay off bills or get cash out. Put two months of house payments in your pocket. Visit GoldenOakLending.com or call 314-567-GOLD. NMLS 1149-37-111 Westport Plaza, St. Louis, Missouri. Call 567-GOLD. We are live from the Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing Studio. Yes. Do you believe in magic, everybody? Well, I had a run-in with somebody over the weekend who was telling me a story about individuals who were pouting about President Trump and said, uh, I said, you're going to have a long next six years. I feel sorry for you if you if you haven't been able to adjust to reality. I don't know whether you saw in the news over the weekend that uh, that now the numbers of people on food stamps is at an all-time record low. The food stamp rolls, no one is even having to bother with food stamps uh, and be- because the economy is just rolling, zooming, going crazy. It's, it's amazing. And so the food stamp rolls have been drastically reduced and... This is a magic wand that President Obama was talking about. There is a magic wand. There's no magic wand. It's like, yeah, there is. The magic wand is known as President Donald J. Trump. And so we do have, we do believe in magic, and we do believe in the magic wand. And it comes to us uh, through, uh, that's no magic wand. It's like, yeah, there is, dude. We got one. Isn't it great? And by the way, Lise Criswell, thank you so much for, uh, Standing up for the show, it's like people are all saying that they're, you know, why do you have him? It's like trying to produce the show. It's like if you don't like it, go listen to KMOX if that's what you want to. I mean, seriously, I, I mean, I have been in the radio for seventeen friggin' years, and I've run a successful radio show for that long. And I do, I have Mark on, and I have other, like I have other people on, because it's entertaining, and as Lee points out, it's a great way for us to kind of see where the other side is coming from. And so, um, uh, you know, seriously, I have Mark on because it's my decision to have him on. If you don't like it, I'm sorry, but don't sit there and just bitch about it all day long on Facebook. I mean, you know, I mean, seriously, I mean, you're listening to my show. I'm, I'm, you're on my Facebook page and, and as, a, as, a, as a guest on my Facebook page. Do I think, do you think it's okay for you to sit there and criticize my show on my Facebook page? I mean, seriously, is, is, that, is that how we're going to start Monday is by having people who listen to my show on my Facebook page putting down my show? That's not going to last long. So anyway, thank you, Lise. Appreciate your, uh, your standing up for uh, what is, well, we call radio. So thanks for coming in, Mark. 
Le Premier. Viva la France. Oh, come on. That was, first of all, how, you were texting me all over all weekend long. We oui. taking the side of c'est vrai uh, of of Macron and the rest of these frogs over there in France, and I I just you know and, and the whole and you and you ran with the whole story about the cemetery visit and all that kind of stuff. It's like uh, you know first of all that's you know what what happened with the cancellation of the cemetery visit, right? Je ne sais pas. Nous parlerons the, le français aujourd'hui. The, the weather was bad, and, and, I, I and speak you can't some fly French, a helicopter in bad weather, and you can't just hop in the in the. You can in hop the, in the car. No, you can't. Yeah, you well. can't do a fifty-five mile an hour presidential fifty-five mile presidential motorcade. It doesn't work that way. When, whenever I had to get to a radio show or to your television show or anywhere on the air. When you had to be there on time, I always made it on time through storms, through hurricanes or not hurricanes, uh, tornadoes that were threatening in the area, flooding in the area. I mean, I, I never cared. And I'll tell you something else. You don't care either because you're going to get wherever you have to be and do what you have to do because you're a professional. Now, I, I don't want to go into to the loser. I mean, let's talk about the. Pres- wait, 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 wait. Uh, I, I, I need to I need to clarify this. All right, sure. It's not about getting anywhere you you have to be. He just doesn't didn't want to be there, there. There are there are logistical considerations given every single time. It, the president wasn't the one who even made the call to cancel the first cemetery visit. He didn't even make the call to do that. We don't know the, what he did. Uh, we yes, don't know we do. anything about him yes, because we he's do. never told the truth no, yet. We, we, we Not a know. day. We do know because the, the the Secret Service was was part of the issuing of the statement, and so were the people who handle Marine One. Who, by the way, it's the White House. Okay, so the, the White Kremlin. House says the White House says the Kremlin that, okay, said. First of all, you can't fly a helicopter in crappy conditions like no, that. No, I you agree. Can't do it. I wouldn't, and, and, and you can't suddenly just decide. You're going to hop in a car, and this is, by the way, not just hopping in a car like you and me could do in Paris when the weather's bad. We could just hop in the car and drive 55 miles. You're talking about a presidential motorcade driving 55 miles through the hills of exterior Paris and, and, and of France. You, there's no way you could possibly throw a trip like that together in any amount of time without jeopardizing the safety of the president of the United States. You can't do it. You Mark. just you're, you're you're the president of the United States. You look at everybody and you say, "Look, get me there." A couple minutes late. I understand for safety. Get me there. But in the meantime, well, maybe the, if the French spent uh, uh, more time developing hyper. Uh, technology where you could vaporize well, yourself and put you in there. They have, but of course, well, but, but they have what, trains. Okay, the well, best okay, in, the, in the world. Of course, TVG. T- tell me, tell me, tell me what uh, French invention has helped the world? Well, I was just going to say. I just said TVG is one of the greatest train systems in the entire world. It's a subway. We have no, no, no. TVG is not a subway. TVG is the, is the the French version of the bullet trains. Right, which go through Europe right now. I've been on them. at two hundred miles an hour. I get it. Yeah, and, and and look, where are we? Get you can go out to to Amtrak 
and get on our high-speed train that goes uh, 50 miles an hour around the curve and falls off the curve and kills people because this country is a disaster. And it's all because of the Republican Party. But listen, so you, so you those can days the, are so, over. So you, could, you could take the TVG to the, uh, to the Muslim neighborhood where police aren't allowed. Those days That's are good. over. That's great. I'm glad those to hear that. Those days are over. Again, what, what, what has Fred, We won. Let me ask you. We won. Let me ask you one contribution to the world that France has made. Uh, well, I just gave it to you, the, uh, the, the TVG. Uh, no, but subway is It's not that's a subway. for them. But, but I'm also going to say this. Uh, the French, they truly do believe that their language is greater than, than <laughs> the language of other people. But it's French. People, right? What have they and, given the world? And, and, and their literature. Right. Marcel Proust. Right. Uh, uh, existentialism. Right. Jean-Paul Sartre. I mean, I well, get it. Yeah, I, Monet. Uh, yeah, Fran- I get it. Fran- France is a phenomenal country. Renoir. I yeah. see. I, get I know. It, but it's fine. I know you know okay, everything. But, 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 you but, pretend to be a two point eight, they, but you're not. But what are, what are they? What? But what have they actually given the world? Well, I. I mean, just we've, because, we've I just, mean, a painting. We've just gone through right, it. But, but but Mark, I can we've explain. Just gone I can explain it. to you what the United States has given the world. Yeah. Without saying, oh, the United well, Nations. Hemingway wrote Old Man in the, the Sea. The United like, Nations. That's not a thing. The United Nations and NATO and, and, and all the great things that, that Donald denigrated right. this weekend like he does every time he goes over there. And I'll tell you this. Thankfully, Macron spoke up for the world. And I'll tell you, the world is, is still applauding him for, for what he said. Look. He doesn't. He's not against the United States, nor is Europe. The only one is against the United States. Maybe is is Russia, but you know Mueller's handling that. But but the point is is that the 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 Europeans would love to to continue the seventy years of peace that were created by, by Americans. Us. By us, absolutely. By, by, so by again, Cordell Hall and and no, FDR. No, 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 no. And, and Mark, Mark, wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. By yeah. the U.S. Army, the U.S. Navy, the no. U.S. Air Force, they, the they, U.S. Marine Corps. They implemented. They, they were the ones. They who, implemented. They're the ones who they saved imp- the world. No, they they implemented the strategy exactly exa- of, of was, a nationalist country was, known that, as America, no, no, the United States of America. We were absolutely nationalists. That's what made us who we were. Read. That's what made us the in case of fire break glass country. If we were just simply part of the international community, we wouldn't have taken any kind of leadership role. We're the leader of saving, the international in, community. In saving right. the world in World War I, in saving the world in World War II. So to have some little dipshit like Macron there standing on a on a on a on the hundred year anniversary Genius. of Armistice Day. That 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 and it, which is also commemoration of the fact that the United States of America saved the world. It was okay? genius. World what he War did. One and World War Two. Right. So so how you could possibly use that as a time to backhandedly attack the president of the United States and indeed for that matter the United States because we elected him. So how you can sit there on a national stage like that and be such an ingrate? That's the that's the problem we have. Again, that's why we have the president and, and Americans digging in so much into this nationalistic uh, viewpoint because we're tired of constantly 
sacrificing, whether it be jobs or whether it be actually lives on the part of our military, to a Europe that doesn't appreciate it and, in fact, doesn't care and, in fact, is benefiting from our sacrifices. And so that's why we had the reorganization of the trade deals. That's why we finally asked NATO, you know what, guys? Start paying your own freight when it comes to your military. So I I just can't see how Europeans could possibly take this opportunity to attack the United States of America when they ought to be actually thanking us and, and, and thanking their lucky stars for the fact that the United States of America is what it is, the United States of America. And under our flag mark, we have saved and freed the world. That ought to be – and again, Macron doesn't have to say that, but don't go the opposite way and, and, attack, the, and attack the United States. No, the point is they would have all, under a normal person, a normal person, they would have all been embracing each other. The hundred year anniversary of of the end of World War One. This would have been a a worldwide embrace, no matter who the president was. But see, they recognized brilliantly that the president, this guy that you call the president, he was, is the president, was unelected. He was deselected. He was not. He was deselected last week. Okay. My like, president is now selected. Yeah, my president. My president you mean is a midterm election and happens yeah. that, that that goes this way ever every every midterm since the Civil War. A a, a, a giant wave of disgust <laughs> against the fascism described by Madeleine Albright, a a an American hero. <laughs> yeah, an American. Right yeah, uh, uh, yeah, and and you know because we people in our diplomatic corps are as heroic as the 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 people who fight. I mean, I did, I, we, well, uh, we, we no, value not, everybody. Well, I'll tell you this. No, they're not. Well, okay, well, I'll tell you I this. Mean, how can you call how, okay, how about this? How, how can, can you, you call one? a diplomat okay. a hero? How, uh, well, I mean, o- they over, are. over our military. They, well, not over, along with. But how about this? How about uh, our, our first responders? Are, are they heroes? Yes. Donald Trump... Dismiss them. Oh, you're talking and, about the fire and, thing. And, and, and treat really them like trash. Yeah, you really read up week. on your on your crooks and liars. No, yeah, uh, yeah, he propaganda he, today. He, he said he said I'm going to take all their money away and screw them. Screw them in ta- California. He was, ta- he was talking about forest management, which is absolutely true. Here's the th- here's the problem. Yeah. Uh, keep in mind, over the past year. Okay, now we're getting into. Uh, let me just. What about the? Okay, let's first. go. Let's go to the military. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. The, the, the past- hundreds of millions of dollars, two hundred millions of two hundred million dollars, will be the final cost. They're now saying, of the people at the border who are doing nothing. They're Zero. protecting the border. Here's protecting a, let, the border. Let me, let me go back. Let me go back. They're, it's like playing whack-a-mole. It's hysterical. Let me go back to the fire go ahead. situation. Whack-a-mole. Let's uh, there, do there, it. There's, 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 after a while, once you see a pattern in Southern California where every time fall comes around, we've got multiple people dying. We've got multiple uh, acres of homes and residential areas being engulfed in flames because of wildfires. After a while, you start to think, hmm, 
Why does this keep happening, and why can't they contain this or manage this? And I guarantee you, now, I, now part of it is, yes, it's true that populations have uh, weeded themselves into areas sometimes where you're going to have, like, it's like flooding almost. It's like, you know, sure. when, when people who live on farms or whatever near the Mississippi suddenly are underwater. Like, why are we underwater? It's like, well, because that's the river's land. That's the, the river will always reclaim its land. So and climate so, change. Sometimes I have very little patience for... Uh, people who suddenly find their homes underwater when they live in a floodplain. That's just kind of the way things are. And, and but, climate change. But, but the fire change. situation is different. Let's not climate change. There, there can be no. better management of that system up there so that every fall, this time, last fall, there were wildfires, uh, at least two of them, that did the same thing they're doing right now. So after a while, there's a pattern that exists that must be looked upon. This isn't an attack on firefighters. This is an attack on the management there. Uh, and so the firefighters making a deal out of this, screw them. They, 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 they are just using this for political gain. The president is actually the one being the adult in the room by saying, you know what? Why are you guys continually allowing fires to rip through Southern California every fall we're getting kind of sick of it, and maybe it is a management problem. And you know what, Mark? Maybe it is. Yeah. Well, how about the management problem in the White House, which is being managed by Bob Mueller and now by Elijah Cummings, who is coming after Donald Trump with everything he's got. First, he's going to arrest his kids probably this week or next. <laughs> sure. Okay. They'll they'll be they'll be sitting in a a, a, a cell like like Paul Manafort. Paul, you know, uh, it, Paul Manafort. I, I don't know why you keep talking about this guy. And Mike Flynn and, and, and George but, but Papadopoulos. Mark, okay, Mark, and come on, let's go through the whole list. How Michael is, Cohen. How is all it, of the mobsters? Yeah, the, the credible Michael Cohen, who actually well, uh, only only saved his ass. Uh, by lying about Trump because he was going to be nailed on taxi medallion corruption. It's I mean, Donald's it's, it's, man. This guy's, you know, These are no, all Donald's not. people. But, but Mark, it doesn't matter. It hasn't, it hasn't happened. Again, again, let's take first yeah. things first. Again, you were defending Macron in Europe, and the reality sure. is a, a day like yesterday, or this weekend for that matter, should have been a day that most of the world was thanking the United States should of America. Should have been. It should I agree. have been. It should have been. And, and and the president went over there. He didn't tweet anything about Macron. Didn't say anything up on the on the up there. He went over there. He's already and, done and it. then said, "You know what? I'm finished with this." And you know what? Ronald Reagan would have done the exact same thing. My buddy Michael Proctor from Proctor Drapel, he was saying that. He said, my, "My Reagan would have done the exact same thing." There's no way the United States ought to put up with ingrates like a Macron or anybody in Europe to attack us given the plethora of graves in not only in Paris from World War I, but in Normandy from World War II. How that little monkey over there in France could, could utter any word that is remotely critical of the United States is beyond me. Yeah. Even one of our worst presidents, Ronald Reagan, embraced the Europeans – NATO and everything that the, that the United States has done to make the world a better place. I mean, we have done so much. We are absolutely a great country. But look, this is one week after the election 
that destroyed Donald Trump and the rest of this fascism. And, and listen, in a way, he stood up to fascism, which is what he's supposed to do. Yeah, but listen, you, you guys are still trying to uh, invent votes down there in your banana republic in Broward County. It's not going to work. We're winning so and, big. And, 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 we and, may not and win in Florida. And we won't. may not win in you Georgia. Senator, Senator but, but the problem is, you know. But we've won 40. We picked up 40 seats. Okay, that's number one. Historically low th- by th- many standards. No, yes. not historically low. Yeah. Uh, the only one that was 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 bigger was, uh, of course, against Obama. And Clinton. But, yeah. L- let me say this. Uh, there's there's a, 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 a movement in this country among women, certainly, among black people. I have to laugh. He says, oh, black people love me. And he's 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 ripping on Yamish and and these other black women. I mean, that's his favorite thing. And and she's a racist. Give me a break. Yeah, that was a racist oh, question. Stop yeah, it. it. Was come on. Just because, just because you call yourself a nationalist doesn't mean you're a white supremacist. So it was a racist question. Yamish. When have you ever even heard of Yamish before this? Well, yeah, through, for the last two years, you she's been she she's is. one she's been one of the leaders of the press corps, and she's considered to be one of the top of the leaders people. of the press corps. Yeah, good. She she should be the first one out the door then, because that she and so so you're saying. Wait, wait, well, wait, by wait, the way, let, let's wait, hope they do this. Here's one I'm predicting. Here's a prediction for you. I'm predicting that at the next press conference, that what they're going to do is that that each person that asks a question is going to do sort of the I'm Spartacus thing, and they're going to say, uh, I have a question from Jim Acosta. Oh, I have a question from Jim Acosta. I have a question from Jim Acosta. We'll see if they have the, the guts to do that. I hope uh, they do. The, 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 if the president has another news conference, I, I think you ought to just tell these people to suck it because we, we certainly don't need anything from Jim Acosta or from CBS or NBC or ABC News. We can, we can do without... Uh, the, the the press period. We've got uh, Twitter. We've got other news outlets out there, and we don't need to have information filtered to us from CBS News or NBC. So maybe the president ought to just stop doing news conferences. I, I think he should too, because he won't have any reason He's to. Been because the most... Mar- Mark and Jamie and our friends will be visiting him in prison. He's been the most accessible president to the media of any president in the history of this country. He had that that news conference was an hour and a half long. It got to the point where the president was picking on people from Sri Lanka for crying out loud. The things that he says boring and and, and people people who listen to him and report on all of this after these press conferences of his wonder what his his problem is, because they're incomprehensible. They're all yelling at him. They're all calling him a racist. I'm surprised the guy puts up with it for a second, but he does on a regular basis. He's he's uh, he's allowing himself to be interviewed by these people all the time. They ask him these crappy questions. And, and where do, I, I want to go back to you claiming that he picks on black women. Where'd that come from? That, well, that's just he. I have to admit that 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 may be a little over the line it, because it's no, way over no, the line. no, because I was going to say because he picks on all women. It's true. He hates women. I agree. That's you mean, that, you mean the woman. So it's not Jim just Acosta? black. It's not just black women. Women who have blood coming out of wherever and all the things that he said from the day that he so got on out, the 
You picked out one thing. Well, come on. Coming out who, thing. Who and would ever? You, who would ever say anything like that as a president of the United States? Who would? It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't who matter. Would? It doesn't matter because. Well, I'm sure it doesn't matter. Well, because, except because, for he was still deselected. He, he listen. He attacks men too. Have you seen him savage? guys out there on a regular basis it doesn't matter whether you're a man or a woman he's going to he's going to go after you if you're person a person who's trying to disrupt uh the country or or tweet out your r- charges of racism or whatever he's going to go after you and that's now, why or, he was deselected whether or not, whether or not you disagree or disagree with his comportment or how he speaks and everything else we all have different ways and different manners by in which we speak so, yeah, you got an issue with the way he talks. I get it. But don't act like he's attacking only women or attacking only blacks or, atta- you know, if you're Maxine Waters and you're on a, on a, in front of a microphone telling individuals to at- attack Trump supporters and Trump cabinet members, you're going to get your ass chewed by President Trump. It's not That's right. Not ra- no, what do you, it's what not do you right. mean? Well, yeah, of course, he it's should, not right for her to do be, that. You no, know, he should be dialing all of this down i see and he could do it just shut up and And take it no no he could dial this down and you know what Uh, let me give you an example of what he could do that would be so brilliant i'd i'd in a way i'd like to see him do it because it would be so good for the country but he's 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 incapable he's incapable of even doing anything to help himself so he's got five strong conservative justices on the Supreme Court, right? Right. Okay. So he's going to win five to four every single time. Every single time. Okay. So here's what he and should wait do. wait till Ruth so, dies. You know, then see, we're going to have see, more. That, that's no, what's going to happen. He's, being, he's been deselected. You don't get it, and, but you'll see. But, but here's, The House doesn't decide but, who the no, Supreme no, Court but, justice uh, is. But the House funds everything in the government and they are going to oh, they're going to stop funding that, the supreme they're court gonna, they will stop funding everything the supreme imagin- court nope but they will stop funding everything imaginable in order to do this to him they they know but, what but, to do but, but you're they're but that's, ready that's wrong elijah come no elijah they they got the power. Right, but that's, they but that's have the wrong, power. But that's wrong oh, to do, Mark. But the president of the United States, this nutcase, can do anything he wants and everything's right. But that's why, well, no, he does that's it why his Europe, powers. That's why Europe is coming after him, not us, him. And that's why the rest of the world has really breathed a sigh of relief that the United States used its head and voted. In this last election, just a few right, days right. ago, I'll tell you what, to stop I'll, I'll, this here's, craziness. Here's what ought to happen then. The next time France or the next time Germany or the next time some other country needs us to come and rescue them from some invasion, we ought to just say, why don't you go uh, to NATO? They'll help you out. Yeah. Why, why, why don't we tell the Germans to go to the French and maybe they can help them out? I, I'm serious. On a They'll day, come to us. On, on, on a weekend like They'll this weekend, Macron and the Europeans proved themselves to be the ingrates that they are. We should have just let them all be uh, put in an oven by Hitler and been done with it. But instead, what we did was we went in and we rescued all of them. They all we all we could have just simply let them all be slaughtered and become slaves to the Germans, but we didn't allow that to happen. And 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 for that. Alone, Macron should have kept his mouth shut, and Europeans ought to be quiet. I mean, you know, when left up to their own devices, they allow themselves, even after we saved their asses, even after we actually 
in, in World War II, we actually freed Germany, for crying out loud, from Hitler's grasp. And what do they do with it? You have uh, Hillary Clinton 2.0 allowing every North African migrant to come over and, 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 uh, and push through their borders. And now, now they can't even go swimming in a swimming pool and wear bikinis without being groped and raped by these people. And that's, and that's what you do with the freedom we gave you? Yeah. This, Unbelievable. This is one you, – you, you touched on one of my biggest points about, the, the, bikini? about, about the greatness – of the United States. Think about this. We took our money and a lot of it. And we walked in, used our heads because we made a mistake in World War after World War One, and we took our money and we poured it into Germany. We rebuilt what a waste of money that we was. We rebuilt Germany. We rebuilt Europe. We created brilliantly one of the greatest peace arrangements. Well, the greatest, it's believed by most, in the history of the world. We, we were incredible. Yeah, you mean when and, Roosevelt and, sold out Poland? And, and let me tell you that something. That was good. They, that was a good Democrat move. They love us. The world loves us. Of course they no, do. No, they do. And, 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 and listen. It, they it, better. It'll, it'll, just be, no, it'll just be a minute. It, it's almost over. It'll just be a minute. And then what's going to happen is the United States is going to join back with the rest of the world and address a lot of the, the we've, serious we've, problems that we all have. We've we've been there and done that and done so we're, great we're, 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 until right. this crazy but, alternate reality but, that was that was deselected. Right. Okay. Let me ask a you week something. ago. Let me ask you something. What what actually in terms of what the president has done, whether it be with this ridiculous uh, uh, French Accord or with they don't how. How has that negatively affected the world? Can you tell me? I'll, I'll tell you how he's. I'll tell you how he's negatively affected the world right now. One, one big one, the biggest one of all. These insane tariffs, this insane desire to fight against everybody, and that's the reaction that you're getting from Macron and from and from Trudeau. And from others around the world, Merkel. You mean Trudeau, they, who the helped world us hates, re, redo NAFTA? No, come on. He, listen, uh, Trudeau first did. Of all, first of all, Trudeau says that he snookered Trump in that whole deal anyway, and they got everything that they wanted. Which, of course, because Trump makes you it wanna up. F- you want to fight about tariffs now, but, but uh, tar- tar- Mark? Listen, we have had decades of politicians. Uh, right after Reagan, Republican and Democrat who have been undercutting American jobs with these trade deals that are clearly unbalanced and unfair. And so the tariffs are a means of getting these countries to cooperate and craft better trade deals. That's the bottom line. The Chinese, you realize, have reduced their their taxes. You know that on, on on our goods. You you saw that, right? The Chinese. It hasn't been by much, but they've nonetheless reduced their own taxes, their own tariffs on American goods by one percentage point. I know it's not a lot, but they have. We're getting cooperation from these individuals. Countries now are stepping up to support their own militaries and spending their own money for once. The fact that these these baby birds are having to, for once, get out of their nest and go and find their own worms. Uh, the fact that they're butthurt about that is not our problem. It's about time the rest of the world uh, 
started to, to, to engage in a little more self-reliance and less reliance on the United States. We've already sacrificed enough. That cemetery that nothing. The cemetery we're debating about holds the bodies of American soldiers who died for the freedom of Europe. For the, the for Europeans the, no, ought to shut their mouths. For the freedom of the world. For the freedom yes, of the world. Well, okay, yeah, Not for right, Europe. Europe, whatever. Not for Europe. No, we're part of the world. We did it for ourselves. We, it was in our interest to save the world. And, and listen, we did save the world, although, it, 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 you know, you want to talk about narratives. The Russians claim they saved the world. Well, they and, and they, they claim that Stalin saved the world and that, that he didn't. Roosevelt came along for the ride. No, no I'm just telling you, that's what. The, so, you know, you got to be careful about, you know, the claims that 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 people make. Well, but I'm going to say we saved the world. Okay, you're right. Right. But, but there's, there's, here's the here's the thing, though, Mark. Yeah. Is is it's funny how um, there's no but attached to we did save the world. There, usually, there's no. I said no. I said we saved the world. No, it's just important no to recognize after it's, we save no, the world. It's important to recognize though that other people have sensibilities and feelings and thoughts. Oh, okay, well, we'll, and, we'll and, and 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 you need to it, duly look, noted. We'll make sure we get that well, sensibilities no, and feelings. Hey, at thing the moment, the United States doesn't care. <laughs> or no, the, um, the 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 State Department doesn't care. Which, by the way, has been gutted by this nutcase. This alternate reality, but you know we shouldn't be talking about that. How about the five trillion? How about the five trillion dollars? See, you're talking about. I heard you on the way in about all this we economic the stuff. World, but how about the? I love that. How that's about my favorite line? How about the five trillion dollar loss in in assets that led by the United States around the world in the last couple of months? Because while you're sitting here and, 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 and Donald is praising this great economy of his, things are collapsing around him. Uh, what's you, collapsing well, around I'll, him? I'll tell you. I'll give you an example. I've mentioned this to you before, and you said I was wrong. But I'll tell you this. Go look at home building stocks. They have, in the last eight months, dropped 50% in value. Pulte Homes, Lennar. Uh, you can go all the way down the list. They have collapsed. The, va- the, the, the trillions of dollars lost as a result of this, this uh, uh, real estate, it's not a debacle yet, but we're headed there. But if I, there showed you, many of them. if I showed you the charts of these companies, they've all caved in. Right, but, but that's, now, that, that actually, you know what that is, though? That, I know that's what cannibalism. I know what it is very well. No, Mark, it's cannibalism. Okay. We, we have no problem. I mean, listen, are, are housing sales slow? Are, 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 are home sales slow? Is it that market? The housing market? starts have been declining month by month. Right. And, and ultimately, and, it's because yeah. there's too many people involved. It's, okay. it's, it's cannibalism is what it, it is. No, it's just called economic decline, which is sneaking in slowly like it often does. And and I'll tell you this, when when it's caving in around here, which it will, and it won't be all Don, it'll it'll be partly Donald's fault. It won't be all Donald's fault. I mean, economic circumstances change. He will be in jail, screaming hysterically. <laughs> the Federal Reserve did it to me, you know, yeah. all that because he doesn't here. take responsibility for anything. Mark, but it doesn't matter because he's been deselected. Right, your 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 fantasies are. Interesting. They and, are and, interesting. And, and I know that there, are, there are a lot of people that represent that 
mass wet dream that you're under involved in right now. But the reality is uh, you, you keep on telling us this idea that things are trickling in, things are creeping in. How about slowly, tax receipts? But slowly but surely. How about tax uh, receipts? They're flying through the roof, Collapsing. Mark. No, they're not. Collapse. If I prove that here, if I prove to you, if I prove it. Are you going to bring the chart in wait, again? If I prove, I'm going to send you the link. If I prove to you. Send me the link. If because, I, I will. Uh, yeah, if I proved, this, wait, if I proved to you I'm right on tax receipts. Will you will you join the liberal cause? No. Wait. No. What? But but tax. Ta- <laughs> I can't Mark, believe it. Mark, tax tax receipts collapsing are, are are flying into okay, the I'm U.S. Say, Treasury. You're going to get the receipt. Okay. Set, or the, ta- the, the not the okay. receipt. Okay. Uh, text the me the link. Okay. I'm, text me the I link. Will. Still this morning. I will. So that I can I so, so that I can read the link. I promise okay, about this tax is, receipts being down. Is, and this is not from some news source. Who's it from? The Federal Reserve. Okay, all right, good. Okay, S- I, send me the now, link. Now, if you tell me you don't believe them, no, send me the link. Okay, because I, I because uh, it was three weeks ago that I was reading in Bloomberg the tax receipts okay. were going through the roof. You were probably reading Stephen Moore. He's a quack. It was it wasn't an editorial. He, it was no, a they, piece of news. He he reports they they report things that he says to. All right, send me the link. No, I'm going to send you a link, and and then we'll we'll go from that point. And start discussing other things that may not be true, but this one, hey, this is a, a, a this is perfect because I'll tell you this: that we, so far, tax receipts have dropped ten percent, and it's the only time in the last, I think, it's seventy years that we've had a, a decline in tax receipts before a recession. Because usually they do, they go down in a recession. We haven't even gotten in a recession yet, and tax receipts are dropping. We had Mark. And we this had, is horrible. No, no, it's not horrible. We oh, had we had tax cuts that were, that were instituted just not even under a year ago. All right, that's why he was deselected. And and and, and so far, our GDP is continuing at a pace that we that was predicted to be high. And and necessary in order to balance the kinds of spending that we continue to do with our government, and and the problem is that the, the, the we we had tax cuts, but we didn't have a cut in our budget, which is a problem to me. That's the worst part about it is that the president signing that omnibus spending bill and should never have signed it, and should have made all of you and your people go back to the drawing board and figure out a different budget. But unfortunately he went ahead and signed it. So that's, that's not going to help us, but in the end, it's also not hurting us just yet. The GDP is at all time highs right now. It is. And, that, and, and all, it's taking not, care wait, of, that's of not true. whatever losses. Okay. We're, wait, we're, we're that's claiming not true. On the part of the government. Wait, the GDP is not at any kind of an all time high. It's not even close. In fact, it's lower. It's close to it's, four. It's, it's, it's lower. It's, it's far lower than it was during Obama. It's, it's but, far higher okay. than anybody yeah. ever predicted it would but, be, but it's worse than what you're saying. And I'll tell you why the economists have, have pulled apart the last three months of GDP and found that the increase was 100%, actually a little more than 100%, was all purchasing as a result of the the, the tariff situation, the people trying to protect themselves oh, and, and, and doing all this advanced purchasing. And, and here's the thing. Actual business declined 0.3%. But you got to pull apart the numbers and look at what the economists have said. But I don't even want to do that because that gets a little complicated. 
Let's just well, yeah, because because you're trying to tax you're, you're trying to put square pegs in let's, round holes to, to advance your notion that President just, Trump is destroying the country. Let's just look at tax receipts. Let's start with the simple one. That's simple. Send me send me the okay, link. Okay, I will. I apologize. I got to go to Clayton you better High send School. me the link. I got to go to Clayton High School so I can indoctrinate. The, the, is that why you have your um yeah, your yeah, lanyard on? Yeah, my I, yeah, it's my little yeah. What is so, that? Clayton High School. What are you doing in Clayton High School? Teaching government. What? I do all kinds of stuff. I thought you were teaching at some other school. Are you, te- is this a new job? I teach, I teach all over the place. Is this a new job at Clayton? I t- I t- it's new for me to be at Clayton. So you're, you have high school students who are sitting there listening to They're you? They're going to come and see you. They're going to come and visit you. You know my high school no, I students visit love them. to visit That too. That too. I want to go out there and... That, and, and, that too. And, and, and I need to... Somehow cancel you out a little bit. Yeah, listen, they'd love to see. They they've seen some of your stuff. So what's the what's the name of the class? Government. It's just called government. Government. And you're teaching that class all over. I've got my I got my Jewish kids out in in West County. I've got the the kids here at 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 Clayton High School. Jewish kids? What do you mean? Are they? You met those? Are they some? Yeah, is that, it a Jewish school? Or? Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, gotcha. And, and um, uh, the um, uh, you know all the work you know at Fontbonne and so you know all the stuff. I do that know I that. Do. I didn't know you were yeah, in Clayton uh, High School. How'd you um, weasel um, into that playing thing place? Long story. All right, so they with, just love me. Okay, so today is it every day you're there? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, is it every day or every is day? It? Every day. Every day you're every there teaching day. government to these kids. Every what, day. What are they indoctrinating them? Are they seniors or juniors? Communism. Sophomores? Uh, juniors. Juniors. Okay. So they go in like today. For instance, what are you going to talk about? Well, actually, Trump going to jail? No, no, we don't do that. Now I'll tell you what we have going on. This is really incredible, and it and it really angers me because these. Wonderful kids in Clayton get these opportunities, and our inner city kids, because you know I'm involved with St. Louis Public as well. Yes, um, they get nothing. But but let you know because we hate black people in this country. That's the problem, and that's why we should apologize. Oh no! As I've I mean, said. no, come on, Mark. But, we voted but, for the lottery. Yeah, that's but, supposed to be yeah, paying for but, that. But but let me say that this week, the Missouri Court of Appeals is coming to Clayton High School to put on real cases that they're going to do in front of the the government students at Clayton High School and and allow them after the cases to ask questions and so forth because they're learning about how our government works in in brilliantly creative ways. <sighs> yeah, so so you are but um, not our inner city kids because this is only good for you know, well, no, but come on. We had, we passed a lottery. They told us the lottery was going to give out the inner city kids all that money. Yeah, well, oh, all I'm the money. That, we were just kidding. All You're the too- money that's going down to the border right now to to protect against people who aren't coming could be put into our classrooms. It would be great. Well, maybe maybe if the geniuses there in the public school system, uh, are they spending nine thousand dollars a student there? Uh, listen, seventeen thousand. Seventeen thousand dollars we had at St. Louis Public. Okay, so 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 the fact that the kids aren't getting anything, whose problem do you think that is? Uh, we'll talk about it another day. Some some of it has to do with Democrats, and some of it has to do with black people who are 
really good working against Thank the you. interests of their Thank own you. people. Thank you no, for that. No, we we agree, don't. Well, I know, but you we were on, But you were you were looking at me like I was responsible for. Oh, the fact not that you. Clayton High school students oh, no, 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 are no, better no. off well, than inner city no, students no. are. Well, certainly not. You and I aren't responsible. In fact, but, look, I got to tell you something. Uh, until the Republican Party destroyed Eric Greitens, Eric had met with me and the superintendent of St. Louis Public Schools and was ready to begin a, a civics and advocacy program led by Eric coming out of, of uh, Jefferson City. Yeah, of course. Which, which would have included me and you and, and Tim Jones and all kinds of yeah. people. You know, so the, the – but let me tell you, those Republicans won't come near any of this now. Because it was good for Eric, because Eric was a good person. Not good for the rest of these people. They don't want any black people. They don't even want to touch any of this. Uh, well, I don't know about the, the not wanting black people. I do know that well, they you don't go, really give a rip about uh, yeah. uh, real stuff. But Eric, Eric did. But, oh, but I know Eric he did. did. I know he did, which yeah. is was, was, the, was the shame of that, uh, Republicans running him out. Absolutely. I got to go. So, okay, okay, again, though. You want to so, get me fired. You, thank, thank you for, thank you for uh, telling us about, I, I thought it was 9,000, actually 17,000 per student. Yeah, it might and, be and, 15, and, and, 16. And, well, maybe, maybe that's there. an indication that the school system needs to, somebody needs to look at who's running that school system. Because, yeah, we, because, because keep in mind, if I had, had I not asked that question, I would have, we would have all been, oh my gosh, that's terrible. Clayton High School students are better off than inner city kids. Uh, that's another reason to, well, elect, they are better elect off. Elect Hillary Clinton. They are better off. But, but I know, but you're yeah. at, you were insinuating somehow that it was the fault of white people. Well, it, it, it is the fault of white people. White liberals. Who, no, it's the fault of white people who often use certain black people who are willing yeah, to be used. Of course. You know, okay, look, good. I'm glad you pointed that out. No, no. All right, so but, quickly. But, but listen, don't forget, Jamila okay, I is coming. It. it begins today. So today, for instance, I know, I know you got to go. Yeah, but, I do but have to, to go. But today, for instance, uh, what are you going to, what are the students going to learn from Mark Case? Well, we're, today? we're, we're going to talk about the, the uh, coming of the Missouri Court of Appeals. We're going to work on that. But last week, when, well, they're coming. You so, this, the, so you're doing a preview class we're, today. We're doing some some work to prepare for it. Well, but, no, well, but I will say, when I do here, a three-hour you, show, I don't talk I, about what I'm know, doing tomorrow. But I'll tell you what we did last week. Last week, the kids uh, participated in what's called a moot court presentation, where they act like Supreme Court justices, right? And they they argued both sides of the the Bakke case from 1978 where Alan Bakke said he was uh, treated, oh, yeah. you know, reverse discrimination against yeah, yeah. white people. Yes. Yeah. So we, fantastic and case. And they did both sides. Yes. You know, they, they, you know, against each other, they're, you know, great Good. kids. We need, we need more people stand up for white people. Absolutely. Got to get we're, out we're of here. We're an oppressed minority in this country now. Uh, uh, please. Seriously. Please. <laughs> don't yeah, forget. I believe teaching. Don't forget. Do you have a teaching certificate? D- of course. It expires in twenty one thirty eight. The only thing is, I think we'll both be that's dead about, by then. That's actually that's going to be the end of uh, President Trump's seventeenth term. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So just just remember this: a kiss the is word, still a kiss. The word of the day: deselected. <laughs> right. Love you, Jamie well, Allman. Love you too. You you boy, you pulled out. You like read every <laughs> left wing terror sheet out there before you came in here today. Lord have mercy. It didn't matter. It didn't matter what it was. He he covered it. it was it was the uh, 
I you even you even you even uh, shoehorn the firefighter attack in there. How'd you manage that? We were you, the, the French and the firefighter attack and the Lord. That's another story, though. I'm gonna I'm gonna get into that thing because that's an. Oh, and by the way, Saturday Night Live they had uh, Mr. Crenshaw and the, the guy with the eye patch. They had him on the show. Uh, on Saturday Night Live after that whole big uh, joke problem, but they had him on. It was uh, fairly interesting, and we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll follow up on that, and also more on uh, what's been happening. You realize also the news media now is claiming uh, that it was a big, huge victory for America on Election Day, much like Mark is uh, claiming as well. So we'll follow up on that too. Man, how do they get him in the? How do you? You're weaseling in on all these schools. It's like, how are you doing that? It doesn't. Like, how are you? How are you able to pull that off? We are live from the Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing Studios. DDTruckUSA.com Little Joni Mitchell, love her. Facebook going to pull me off for some Joni Mitchell? Probably. Okay. All right, I'll I'll get out of here for just a second. Hey, Michael Proctor, Proctor spelled like doctor. Michael's going to come in uh, this week, and we're going to talk to him about the uh, window artistry that is the definite brand of... uh, Michael Proctor, Proctor Drapery, Proctor spelled like doctor, ProctorDrapery.com, 45 years in the window treatment business. And you're talking about uh, woven wood shades. Love those. Some Norman shutters. Everybody loves the Norman shutter. It's got all kinds of different blade widths, everything else for you. And don't forget also that he's got the uh, motorized shades for those of you who... Don't want to have to every morning or every night or whatever. Draw them, pull them up, pull them down, whatever. You just push a button and boom. It's just like James Bond. And on top of that, people, you can also go uh, and take advantage of him seven days a week. He's got his mobile design unit. He drives right up to your doorstep, and he's uh, able to make things work for you. And seven days a week. You know, Michael Proctor's competition is is not... The, the the Home Depots of the world or, or those folks. It's it's actually really a um, it's it's the other luxury window treatment people. And, and and there's no way they can compete with his great pricing and his uh, great service and his one on one service. You can't possibly compete with with that. So the value you're getting you're getting the kind of the luxury window treatments at a low price comparatively. And so you're getting all the greatest things you're going to get from these hoity-toity operations, but you're going to get value. You're going to get hoity-toity value with uh, Michael Proctor. Proctor spelled like Dr. ProctorDrapery.com. Also, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget about Matthew Mitchell, the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency. 855-QUOTE-ME. Thank you, by the way. This wine here, you can't maybe really see it right off the bat, but uh, it's called Purple Heart. I encourage you on this Veterans Day to 
get yourself over to a Deerberg's or a Schnucks for that matter. I think it's mostly a Deerberg's. I, I, although I feel over at Southern Glazers, uh, I, I, he, we were at a Deerberg's parking lot on Saturday because he handed me a bunch of great, beautiful, different liquors to try out uh, for my mom's 90th birthday party on Saturday. So we drank the Purple Heart wine. And this wine, by the way, the proceeds from the sale of Purple Heart wine uh, go to the Purple Heart Foundation, which is constantly helping individuals in the throes of PTSD and get educations, get help, and they commit money to PTSD research, all kinds of things. And that's what uh, Purple Heart wine does. It's uh, from Sonoma County. It's really good wine, by the way. And uh, it goes right there to the... Uh, Purple Heart Foundation, the proceeds do. So it's really a great wine. And, and Phil says he has it at his uh, family gatherings, and they use the wine to toast all the veterans. So, yeah, today's the official commemoration of Veterans Day. And you're like, you're selling wine? Yeah, you're damn right I am. Because Purple Heart wine is awesome, and it's a great way to uh, celebrate not only Veterans Day, but enjoy a nice, good red wine from Sonoma County and also contribute to our veterans uh, and their needs as well. So you guys remember when uh, Saturday Night Live, and a lot of you don't watch it, you see tapes of it and that kind of thing. But, you know, they uh, this uh, comedian, Paul Davidson, decided he was going to uh, ridicule Dan Crenshaw. Uh, he is the veteran who lost an eye in an IED blast. And so Pete Davidson, I called him Paul, but Pete Davidson, who's, I had a kind of a different view of this whole thing and, and how it all went down. I, I, I tend to, 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 to take the side of, uh, less freak outs and not more, uh, just because I, I, I didn't get over overly, uh, concerned about, this deal because part of it was the fact that I thought, well, okay, I, 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 um, I, I, I kind of get it, you know, when it comes to, uh, how, how these people operate, they're comedians and your audience really is who you're talking to. And so, uh, Saturday Night Live audience of, uh, mostly young people or East coast to West coast people, they don't really care as much about veterans or or they don't really think about these kinds of things as much as some other people might. I'm not saying that people who are liberal don't care about veterans, but I'm just saying that their their stomachs are a little hardier when it comes to jokes like the ones that were made at the expense of Dan Crenshaw. And 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 keep in mind, I, I realize it was offensive, and it was to me, but Saturday Night Live doesn't care about whether or not they offended me. And they and they I don't think they really care about whether or not they offended you. Like for instance, Pete Davidson, his dad died on 9-11. If you watch any any of the Comedy Central roasts, which I, I you probably do not, but if you did, you'd have heard Pete Davidson making fun of his dead father, who was a first responder on 9-11, firefighter who died on 9-11, Pete Davidson. He makes fun of his own father. Now, that's horrible, and to hear it, it's horrible, but to the people who are watching 
the Comedy Central roast, it's not horrible at all. It's funny to them. So it's 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 so to me, uh, you know, I I didn't I wasn't uh, among those calling for Pete Davidson to be fired or to do do this or do that because it's your audience. It's like when Kathy Griffin uh, had the severed head thing. She wasn't she wasn't aiming in it. At, at, she wasn't trying to entertain me. She was trying to entertain the people who pay attention to her and listen to her, and and it's kind of the the way. And keep in mind, just in case you're you're thinking, oh, that's baloney, that's bull crap, blah blah blah. Um, keep in mind uh, the very neglect of considering an audience is why I got fired at ninety seven one. That's why Intercom fired me, which is why I was going after their their asses because uh, they uh, were not they didn't they were acting as if there was public outrage over my tweet. When in fact there wasn't public outrage over my tweet, none of you who listened to my show, my audience wasn't outraged at all by my tweet about David Hogg. Ninety nine point nine percent of the audience that visited my advertisers, that listened to my show, that made me a top rated show. First of all, my listeners, you 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 folks out there that made me a top-rated show, and 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 those of you who uh, who listened to my show, ninety-nine point nine percent of you, a didn't even know about my tweet, and b when you heard about my tweet or read my tweet, didn't really care. Some of you actually thought maybe I didn't go far enough, but you know whatever. So Entercom made a decision to get rid of me without any consideration at all about the people who actually mattered to the radio station. The, the people who were bitching about my tweet were political left-wing hacks like Stacey Newman and her slow stepson, Drew, who put together a Twitter and bot war that was designed to harass my advertisers. None of those people listened to my show. None of those people who were either tweeting their protest of my tweet or uh, or complaining or doing whatever, none of them listened to my show. So keep in mind, Entercom fired me even though not only none of the people who were concerned listened to my show, but they were all my advertisers were doubling down on their on their advertising they wanted to spend more money not less and i had one advertiser was the gelman team who were uh poised to beg to come back i was actually considering not even having them back the gelman team on friday uh or the monday after they had put out a tweet on friday because they were getting so much pressure uh mark gelman contacted Andrew Davis who was my uh who was who was my sales representative contacted him and I have the I have the text message and Andrew Davis saying Gelman wants to come back once all this has died down Palm Health which we were prepared to have testify in trial uh didn't want didn't leave because of my tweet they left because they didn't feel like radio was working anyway and it was the end of their 
uh, campaign at Palm Health. Their audience was different. They they weren't they were they were going after a different set of people. But it was only because Joan Berkman, who was a PR person and worked for Ruth Chris Steakhouse, made that decision. So it was two advertisers where I had trade deals with that Joan Berkman decided they were going to be off. So when you total it all together, you had three advertisers. Two of them were trade deals the station made no money with, and the other was going to come back. So in the end, what happened is, uh, and, and, and Entercom unfortunately doesn't care about 97.1. They, they, they were, uh, they really don't. And, and, uh, and, and so they didn't care about the ramifications of 97.1 losing tens of thousands of dollars because they fired me. They didn't, they didn't care about that. I mean, if 97.1 is actually a radio station a year from now, I'll be shocked. I mean, if, if it's actually a conservative talk station, because Entercom doesn't like those stations. So they didn't care uh, at, at all about this. And, 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 and that's why it was so easy uh, once we concluded this settlement, why it was so easy to let them, uh, to, to, to let, let me to tear up my contract after I demanded that in return for no money to tear up my contract and allow me to compete because uh, once I start to compete, I'm going to kick 97.1's ass. I'm going to bury them. But Entercom doesn't care about that. They, 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 were, they gave up on that non-compete instantaneously just so they didn't have to write me a check. And my, and my, my decision was uh, at the time that, that, uh, that you know what, I'll, um, I'll just uh, – I, I'll I'll make the money I'm waiting for a jury to give me. I'll make that in two months if you just let me work. I was kind of surprised they they wound up doing all that, but they just got rid of everything. I was like, oh, okay, fantastic. We, and and they don't care about that's because they don't care about ninety seven one. And and they'll 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 take some of the money, but but anyway, I'm I'm going to uh, I'm going going back a little bit. I'm kind of getting into. Uh, a little bit of a uh, uh, into the weeds here, but but what I'm trying to say is the audience matters, and so and so the Saturday Night Live audience. When when Pete Davidson made a joke about uh, Dan Crenshaw and his eye patch, most of the audience thought that was funny, and so 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 NBC wasn't going to go and then fire Pete Davidson because he made a joke about a veteran, because NBC's audience didn't care. Laura Ingram, they don't they 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 don't care what Laura Ingram says. They don't care what I say. So so, Entercom cared only what people who didn't listen to the show thought. They 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 listened only to Stacey Newman and all the left wing loons out there who didn't like my voice on the air. And so she proceeded to interfere with my professional contracts and to get me off the air. And Entercom was more than happy to comply, even though not one member of my audience, not one, reached out to them and said they can't listen to my show anymore. Not one member of my audience, which is why you're all here. 
uh, you're all here. And again, uh, Lisa, yeah, I don't, I don't have any. Annie is a friend of mine. I, I love her, and so I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying I wish any harm to them. But I'm a competitor, so I'm, my my interest is not in them. I, I, my interest is I, I don't work for them. And I, and also, I'm. It's not my responsibility to uh, make sure everybody's okay over there, because it certainly wasn't their responsibility to make me okay. That's for sure. So, you know, I'm I'm just I'm just putting it out there. But nonetheless, again, it's your audience that matters. So, so the fact that Entercom fired me because people who don't listen to my show didn't like what I said is ridiculous on its face, which is why I sued them which is why ultimately uh, we both got what we wanted. They didn't want to have to pay me any money, and I didn't want to have to have any non-competes. And I think it was a, it was a good even exchange and, and saved us money down the line because I've got other money I need to spend on court cases coming down the line. So that's how it works. And, and, and I'll give you an analogy real quickly before I get to uh, – to, uh, yeah, I mean, Kurt's a listener. He hasn't listened to all of 97.1 since April. You think Entercom cares about that? They don't care about that. So yeah, if, if you if you love Annie Fry, Lisa, uh, talk to Entercom, not me, because uh, they're, they're, the Entercom is the one who's imperiling those people over there, not me. So anyway, uh, I and and I love her. I'm just I'm just I'm just saying. Here's here's the analogy I'll use, and I'll I'll, I'll give you the analogy. What would happen if Coca Cola? And I've used it before because I, I explained this a while back. What would happen if Coca-Cola was suddenly beset by a bunch of uh, 7-Up drinkers. And, and, and all these 7-Up drinkers decided they were going to protest the taste of Coca-Cola. We don't like Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola is terrible. It's a brown soda and it has caffeine in it. And we think Coca-Cola sucks. Well, Coca-Cola would say to the 7-Up people, well, that's fine, but you don't even drink our soda. But instead, let's pretend that Coca-Cola said, oh, we better change our recipe. Fire the guy who came up with the recipe for Coca-Cola, and we need to change it because the 7-Up drinkers don't like, don't like the Coca-Cola. It's like and, and and wiser people within the confines of the Coca-Cola boardroom would say, uh, wait a second. Have you seen the numbers of people that buy Coca-Cola? Um, you realize we're like the top brand soda in the world, right? You know that, right? Yeah, I know, but the seven up people can't tolerate us. They don't like us. How far do you think you'd you get in a in a in a Coca Cola boardroom making the case that you got to change uh, Coca Cola's recipe and everything else because Seven Up drinkers don't like it. Now imagine that you're Entercom, and uh, and and you've decided to uh, fire Jamie Allman because Stacy Newman doesn't want him on the air anymore because some left wing kook doesn't want me on the air anymore. We don't like that show and what he said. And that's like, well, of course you don't. Because you don't agree with him anyway. So 
uh, why why would you know? But but instead, what they did was like, oh no, Stacey Newman doesn't like the show. We better fire Jamie Allman. Oh, there are thousands of people, uh, left wingers who don't like Jamie Allman's show. No kidding. They didn't like my show before the tweet. They didn't care. But Entercom didn't care either, and they decided they were going to go ahead and imperil every single person who works over at 97. When they haven't made a friggin' budget since I left. And so, you know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's terrible. What, it's what, not only what they did to me, but what they did to the rest of the station over there. But again, they don't care. Anyway, but, but what I'm saying is that's why Saturday Night Live, you know, we were outraged over this joke about Dan Crenshaw. But I'm trying to explain to you why NBC wasn't or, why, you know, and again, it's all a bunch of phony outrage. And, and the less we tolerate it, uh, the, the, the less we, uh, you know, you know, put up with these weak, cowardly corporations and other people who who bow down. I would have I would not, I did not want to see Pete Davidson fired off of SNL. Did you? Maybe you did. I don't know. But I'm cautioning you about the perils of taking that approach uh, because it's the same approach that Stacey Newman took, and she wasn't even a listener to the show. I don't even watch Saturday Night Live, so, so why do I care whether or not Pete Davidson is on the show or off the show or whatever? And, and, and do, do I want him uh, – he got more than enough, uh, enough uh, criticism. And you know what? In the end, Saturday Night Live did it the right way. It might have been vacuous, vacuous attempt, whatever, as a as a means of trying to milk Veterans Day, whatever. But you know what? At least they did it. Ninety seven one didn't even allow me to speak about my tweet. The chances are pretty good that I actually probably could have had David Hogg on the show back back in the day. During the during the entire throes of this, I probably could have gotten David Hogg to come on my show to talk about my tweet, but they didn't want me talking about it at all. Partly because, in my opinion, I was the first uh, brick that they were going to be removing from the from the crumbling wall that is ninety seven one now, and so maybe that was part of it too. I was I was uh, maybe costing them too much money, whatever. Who knows? But I was bringing them in a hell of a lot of money too. That they're they're hurting now. But nonetheless, we could have made we could have made a deal out of this. In fact, you know what they could have done is they could have uh, instead of instead of preventing me from talking about it or or any of that, uh, they they could have actually taken me off the air. And had they brought me back a week after the outrage of taking me off the air, they would have been heroes. But they didn't care. Because they don't care about Entercom doesn't care about ninety seven one or its future. They care about KMOX and to them ninety seven one is taking uh is taking uh is is taking lots of money away from them as they didn't later like that. But anyway, but that's but that's kind of you know, we could have made a deal, but and you know what? SNL did did played it perfectly here. Because what they did was on Saturday Night Live, they, they went ahead and had uh, Dan Crenshaw on the show. <laughs> the newly elected congressman, Dan Crenshaw, on the show. So uh, the co-host of this uh, 
Colin Jost or whatever his name is, I don't know who these people are, uh, brought on Pete Davidson to talk about all this. And then uh, and, and, and even allowed Pete Davidson to say he was a poor choice of words. And, you know, um, I, 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 I probably I wouldn't I wasn't going to go on. Uh, that wasn't what I was asking them to do was allow me to apologize for the tweet. I was going to put the tweet in context because in context, my tweet about Hogg had nothing to do with David Hogg except that I was, I was being facetious about the story I was going to do the next day, which wound up being a defense of David Hogg. Can you believe that? What, what, what I did was ultimately go to bat for David Hogg the next day. So I was being facetious about what I was going to be doing the next day. And it was all in the context of these people who were claiming that we're so mean to everybody and blah, blah, blah. I was saying, yep, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be mean to David Hogg tomorrow. I'm getting a hot poker treatment. It's like, and that turned into me threatening to rape a child. That's how crazy it got. But, uh, uh, you know, so, but I was never able to kind of, you know, um, to, 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 go, uh, to go on the air and talk about it at all. And, uh, do I think that Pete Davidson is uh, crappy? Yeah, I do. Actually, I, I do. Any any guy like that who would go against his, uh, who would who would ridicule his dead father. I mean, Lord, you, you got to be. And, and there's no there's no help for people in in that in that way. But anyway, I th- I think that as far as things go, I mean, Crenshaw came on the show. Congressman Crenshaw, he came on the show. So Congressman Crenshaw saw a, a, a benefit to saying, oh, yeah, I get it. I mean, I, I think it was horrible, but here's how we're going to make this different. And and so Congressman Crenshaw was able to go on on Veterans Day a, a, or on Veterans Day weekend and actually promote veterans, which is good. It's a win-win. We get it all out, you know, it's because everybody just kind of said, hey, this is uh, how we're going to roll. But anyway, this was the, this is what happened on uh, on Saturday Night Live. Oops, here on update that caused some controversy here to set the record straight is Pete Davidson. I see the bottom line is that that's the SNL audience. They like him. It's the same way you guys like me. Uh, you, you, the, I, I went on there. Uh, I, I, I'm coming back on the air. You guys didn't care about what I, my tweet, and, and so I could have come. I would have come back on and had the same audience. Although I actually would have had more advertisers because uh, there are a couple of them saying they were going to actually directly sponsor my show if 97.1 didn't bow to the pressure, but they did. So anyway, here's the, here's the Davidson thing. So. Uh- and what I'm sure was a huge shock for people who know me, I made a poor choice last week. Uh, I mean, yeah, people who know Pete Davidson know that there's something dark in that soul there. But they think that's funny, you know? I mean, so he, he, he gets it. I, uh, no, I did. Uh, I, made a, I made a joke about Lieutenant Commander Dan Crenshaw. Dan? Dan Crenshaw, and on behalf of the show and myself, uh, I apologize. Uh, my poor mom. Can you imagine being my mom? mom? Can you imagine being my mom? That must suck. 
Can you imagine being Pete Davidson's mom? It can't be easy when everyone's mad at your son and roommate. No, but I mean this uh, from the bottom of my heart. It was a poor choice of words. Uh, The man is a war hero, and he deserves all the respect in the world. And if any good came of this, maybe it was that for one day, the left and the right finally came together to agree on something. That I'm a dick. (laughs) You think? (laughs) That's Dan Crenshaw coming on the air. He's sitting right next to the guy. everyone. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks for making a Republican look good. Oh, you gotta stop saying that, man. He's been saying it all day. Please. Look, I just wanted to say, uh, for people that don't know, uh, the reason you're wearing an eye patch right now is that you lost your eye to an IED in Afghanistan during your third combat tour. And uh, I'm sorry. Thank you, Pete. I appreciate you saying that. So we good? We're good. Apology accepted. Just keep- Sounds like my phone's ringing. You gonna answer that? No, I, I was just gonna let it ring because that's Davidson's girlfriend, right? What's your name? Yeah, I, yeah. That's rude to answer. Let's just let it go to voicemail. Nah, it's cool. Ariana Grande. Well, cool, man. Yeah. Oh, do you know her? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that, that was funny. All right, so. Last week, uh, I made a joke about a picture of you, and I feel like uh, it would only be fair if you got me back and made fun of a picture of me. Does that sound okay? I, I don't really need to do that. No, come on. I, I deserve it. All right, I'll do Please? One. All right. And now, first impressions with Lieutenant Commander Dan Crenshaw. I mean, this is pretty good. I mean, this is, this is the kind of uh, Ariana Grande. Thank you, Margaret. I couldn't read Morgan's lips. Oh, thank you. Uh, but yeah, um, I actually saw, I took the girls to go see Ariana Grande. I think it was before she came out with that song. Anyway, this is, this is good. I mean, you know, you can, and you can, and you can hate, you can still hate Pete Davidson and Saturday Night Live. I, 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 um, I still not gonna, I still don't watch the show necessarily. Cause this is, this is all, you know, this is good and, and, and it's great, but this is the kind of the way, this is the outcome that we should all hope for. And actually, it's the kind of outcome that I would have recommended even before I was fired at ninety seven one because of the uh, of the tweet. In fact, before uh, before I was fired at ninety seven one because of the tweet, and and, and I I actually was I, I defended people like Maria Chappelle Nadal. Uh, after she begged for forgiveness over her idiotic statement about uh, about the assassination of Donald Trump, I defended Snoop Dogg in his you know ghetto ass album cover with uh, President Trump and his toe tag and all that kind of stuff. You know, I just was you know I I was uh, I, and I would backhandedly you know attack him too because I mean I, I I just said you know it might be funny to all of the white kids who listen to Snoop Dogg. Uh, and uh, West County, but to a lot of us, it wasn't funny. But nonetheless, do we matter? Yeah, kind of we do, but nonetheless, we have choices to make, and we can choose on our own. But we don't. I I I didn't uh, uh, decided that 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 uh, Maria Chappelle or these people ought to be fired or whatever. That we we do that too much in this country. 
We we tell people we we call for resignations and call people to be fired, or whatever. You don't have to support them. I mean, like for instance, with, with the NFL, when Colin Kaepernick decides he's going to take a knee for the national anthem, and you decide not to watch uh, or buy a ticket to a football game, or you decide not to watch the NFL, more power to you. I mean that that's you that's that's a perfect way for you to express your displeasure with something, even if it's to the point where, well, you know what, I'm not really going to wear a Nike. Sure. I mean, that's perfectly okay, but it's you doing your thing. It's not, you know, anything else. You're not, you're not causing other people to do other things. You're exercising your own viewpoint. Anyway, here's, uh, here's Crenshaw. We continue. Thanks, Colin. This is Pete Davidson. He looks like if the meth from Breaking Bad was a person. <laughs> not bad. So there, we're even. All right. Hold on. Well, one more. This is the- All right. All right. He looks like a troll doll with a tapeworm. That's good. We should wrap this up. Oh, hold on. No, this, this, this is fun. This is fun. Cool. He looks like Martin Short in the Santa Claus 3. <laughs> By the way, one of these people was actually good on SNL. Oh. Oh. No, you're right. <laughs> no, you're not wrong. Okay, but seriously, there's a lot of lessons to learn here. Not just that the left and right can still agree on some things, but also this, Americans can forgive one another. We can remember what brings us together as a country and still see the good in each other. This is Veterans Day weekend, which means that it's a good time for every American to connect with a veteran. Maybe say thanks for your service, but I would actually encourage you to say something else. Tell a veteran, never forget. When you say never forget to a veteran, you are implying that as an American, you are in it with them, not separated by some imaginary barrier between civilians and veterans, but connected together as grateful fellow Americans who will never forget the sacrifices made by veterans past and present and never forget those we lost on 9-11, heroes like Pete's father. So I'll just say, Pete, never forget. Never forget. And that is for both of us. So, uh, I don't think you can get. Hold on a second. I mean, from from Saturday Night Live and from that outcome, I would say that is a win, and ultimately, it's a win for the most important people on that weekend, on that Saturday, and the most important people on that Sunday, and the most important people today, and in my opinion, the most important people all of the time, would be our veterans. And on this Veterans Day, I think that was a pretty damn good outcome, if you ask me. And uh, that's kind of the way, in my opinion, everything ought to be working out. Uh, but unfortunately, what happens is we're so used to uh, uh, trying to you know, get something from somebody and, and, uh, and, and, and get people fired and do all that kind of stuff that that's how we, uh, that's how we ultimately roll. And uh, that was a good lesson. Uh, and even if it had to come from Saturday Night Live, it was uh, a a huge and uh, and positive lesson coming from those guys. And uh, speaking of that, uh, thank you so much to uh, my guy Phil over at Southern Glazers uh, for the uh, Purple Heart wine. And I'm encouraging you. 
to go out today and buy a bottle of it. It's because it's really, uh, it's really good. What's what's the matter with my day? I'm I'm uh, um, I'm screwing up on the internet again today, guys. I don't know what that what that problem is, but whatever it is, my internet is blowing. Yeah. So, uh, Purple Heart wine is uh, a red wine from Sonoma Valley and uh, Sonoma County, California. And it's really a good wine, but it's also a good cause. And it's actually a beautiful label. It's got the Purple Heart on it. And, and, and I realized that, uh, you know, on a, on a Veterans Day, you're thinking, man, you're hawking wine. It's like, yeah, I am, actually. I, you're darn right, I am. And. The Purple Heart Foundation donates thousands of dollars every single year to veterans. So, so the Purple Heart wine, the proceeds from that go to the Purple Heart Foundation, and the proceeds from the Purple Heart Foundation go to all kinds of veterans organizations that are helping individuals with PTSD, helping scholarship funds that help veterans who are uh, who are here uh, and, and, and in need of, of help, whether it be injured veterans or veterans in the throes of PTSD. Uh, the money from the Purple Heart Foundation goes to help those individuals. So uh, I encourage you to pop by Deerberg's and grab uh, a bottle of it. It's really, it's really good wine, and it really is an excellent cause. And so uh, you've got... Uh, you got it going on with Purple Heart wine. I don't. He, he, and and, he, and uh, Phil was sweet enough to give it to me uh, for my mom's 90th birthday celebration. So I had a whole case of it, and we went through that. We went through some Chardonnay as well, and uh, it was great. Thank you, Emily. You're a sweetheart. But yeah, so we uh, we had that, and he also gave he also laid on me some pretty good he, uh, this um, wild turkey special which was this uh, long branch bourbon it's really good long branch whiskey and then people tore through this aviation gin which is a product of portland and i'm i'm a big gin guy i love gin and aviation gin is damn good it's a domestic gin Made from all kinds of different botanicals and things like that. And aviation was really good. People, like, ripped through the aviation. And that's thanks to Southern Glazers. That's the, I think I think aviation is a... Um, I, I kind of had, like, a star-studded liquor... Liquor presentation. I had the wine from the Purple Heart Foundation. I think Ryan Gosling is a... Uh, is owns... Aviation Gin. I think he. I think he owns that. And then uh, the Long Branch is Matthew McConaughey's bourbon. You guys might watch more TV than I do, so maybe maybe you have uh, more of an in on that. Hold on a second here. Let me just see whether I can confirm that or not. Maybe you guys can confirm it for me. Yeah, it's 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 an offshoot of Wild Turkey, and Matthew McConaughey kind of um, is the is the guy who's the face of that. It's pretty good. 
Yeah, Anthony, gin, gin's, a, gin's an acquired taste for people. Sometimes you just can't, uh, you can't, um, some people get crazy on gin. It's the juniper. That's what happens. You drink, sometimes if you drink gin and it has juniper in it, you get a little bit uh, crazy. Todd, you like that long branch? It is, it is really smooth. Yes, it, it is hard to find, but I'm pretty sure you can get that at any at um, I think it, I think it's at Deerberg's I think Phil told me it was at Deerberg's but the purple heart wine for sure so today if you're thinking of uh, toasting a veteran I'd do it with purple heart wine but thank you Phil from Southern Glazers appreciate you uh, very much speaking of comedy now there was a little bit of a crazy um Crazy thing coming from uh, Sarah Silverman, who, and, and that's and that's the other thing. I kind of, I actually kind of like Sarah Silverman. Before I thought, I thought sometimes she was, she was funny, but she's. But the problem is, a lot of these people who are so ass hurt over the Trump election have really made fools of themselves because they. Uh, yeah, Todd, it's at Santino's. Actually, you know what? Santino's is um, how I got hooked up with Phil because Phil is the guy who hooks up Mike with all the great liquors there at Santino Cigars and Cocktails on Vogel Road in Arnold. So uh, Phil and Southern Glazers is one of the reasons why you have such great, uh, great selection at uh, at Santino's because Southern Glazers hooks them up, I'll tell you. Yeah, and Long Branch is right there at uh, – and oftentimes, you know what you can do, and Todd, I don't know whether you knew this or not, if you go to Santino's Cigars and Cocktails and you like the Long Branch, uh, Mike will sell you a bottle of it if he has the stock. He'll sell you a bottle of whatever you like if, if, if he has the stock there. That's one of the things he's licensed to do is he's able to kind of also not only sell you drinks but sell you the bottle too if you want. So that is a uh, – that's a kind of thing. So, Todd, if you're if it's hard to find, and oftentimes you go to a bar, you don't really bother to ask the people uh, whether you can just buy a bottle of it from them. But you could do that at Santino's. I had an experience last night. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, let me talk about this real quickly. I had a um, I before I get to Sarah Silverman, can I just can I just give you a little bit of a thing here? So last night, everything was kind of backed up last night. And uh, so, you know, I wound up going to Mass at like 6 p.m. So, you know, the Catholic Church makes it really um, easy for you to go to, go to, go to church. Uh, and, and some people would say, yeah, well, whatever. But, but it, it, um, it, it makes it really easy for you because they have Masses all day. So, that's, so, so you really basically have no excuse if you don't go to Mass. That's what basically being a Catholic in St. Louis is like. You, you can't like, oh, darn it, I missed Mass. Well, there's another one at 6, like at 6 p.m.? Yeah, oh. Or, you know, like there are, there are some people that there's, there's even a 5 o'clock Mass on Sunday at, at a lot of places. And so, oh, darn, I missed the 5 o'clock Mass on Sunday. I guess I can't go to church. no. There's a mass at six over here at St. Gabriel's. Like, oh, okay. Well, I'll go there then. Yeah. So they, you miss mass at uh, in in uh, the Archdiocese of St. Louis. You're really trying to miss mass. Usually, <laughs> that's what happened. So that was on. Um, that was at six o'clock. So anyway, uh, Aiden and I uh, uh, and Andrea too, but, but but Aiden and I like to sushi. You know, and I know that this, this is kind of like a. Um, 
uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to bitch about the fact that I didn't get the right food or that kind of thing. Cause I, you know, but, but I will tell you an example of how people can destroy their businesses really easily. And so this isn't really a complaint that I went, that, you know, my sushi wasn't up to snuff or whatever, but I went to, um, the jet Sansui, is it Sansei or Sansui? Sensei. Let me just see if it's in in uh, in uh, in Maplewood, is it, or is it Brentwood? I can't. Remember. Let me just see here. Uh, Sansai Japanese Grill. So anyway, we've been there in Maplewood a lot. We go there a lot. We we've we've actually spent a lot of money there. Uh, we we go there all the time, you know, uh, to 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 there, uh, and, and so uh, we've spent a lot of money there in the past. It's always been great. So it's it's about seven, a little after seven, and uh, we go there, and they're, you know, I, I don't know what time they close or 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 what they what they normally uh, do, uh, or what what I, I, I we we weren't really there, um, they were we weren't really there uh, necessarily late, and I'm not they they're open. Uh, they're open till eight, so it was about seven or so, and we get there, and um, and they they don't have and and it's okay when you're oh, I guess you're out out of sushi I guess you're out of whatever it is, and uh, you uh, we go there, but but it's one thing to be out of it, it's another thing to to, to walk into a restaurant an hour before it closes, and um, and have somebody look at you like what are you doing here? I'm like, well, I'm here to buy dinner i mean but the woman she like looked at me like i like i owed her money I'm like uh what are you not telling me we don't have any sushi anymore i'm like okay well then we'll leave because we didn't know you didn't have any sushi because it's the way it's the the way it looked to me like you had a sign that was on and an open sign and it said um you know sushi and japanese Grill and boom, I, I that's why we went there. Anyway, then I wound up at a place called um, what is this? what is the name of the place? Oh, Sushia, Sushia in St. Louis, uh, and and it was uh, pretty damn good. I can't remember what um, uh, it was. Pretty darn good. It was right there in Clayton. So if you guys have a chance, I would check it out. Let me let me give you the. Uh, Add the um, the website sushia st louis dot com s u s h i a i sushia st louis dot com all right there on north central so they were pretty cool and they were good and they were they were hopping and their sushi was really delicious so anyway that's uh, oh sushi i okay sorry Tim yeah I don't know I I didn't I didn't I was reading their website I didn't know it was called sushi i but it was it's really good Tim. And the people there are great and uh, and and loving it. But it was just kind of odd to me. Like, I'm not quite sure I'd ever go back to this Sansai place. Because, I mean, you don't have to, like, apologize to me or anything or, or kiss my butt. But don't look at me like I, uh, like I owe you money when I walk into your place. Or, or that, that, you know, I'm, I'm somehow, um, you know, I've, I've, sometimes there are people who you hire – and they unfortunately are the face of your place. And when you walk into a place and the look on their face is, what the hell are you doing here? 
that's not a sign that you want to really go there anymore. Anyway, that's just my a little little bit of a side issue, but not a not a big deal. All right, so uh, Sarah Silverman, who I've I actually liked before, uh, she became overtly political, and so a lot of people who uh, I have appreciated before now suddenly are just a bunch of left wing trolls uh, when it comes to President Trump. And uh, Jimmy Kimmel's the same way. I I used to love Jimmy Kimmel. I used to uh, love watching him. I used to think he was really funny. I thought that he should be the guy who takes over the the Tonight Show because he kind of had that uh, kind of uh, 60s old school comedian, you know, approach and – uh, and I thought it was really interesting to me. And I thought a lot of these people, unlike, and I understand, again, it's your audience. And so making fun of Trump with a bunch of young people is kind of sometimes how things go. And I, I get it. I, I understand that. But these guys really take it seriously. Like, it's one thing to make jokes. Like, even during Reagan's time, people used to make fun of Reagan. But they never called him a Nazi or a racist or a this or a that. They did make fun of him. But it didn't reach the level of just just total hate, uh, and, and and so, but but it has become that now with a lot of these comedians. And again, I don't care. I mean, I know a lot of people who are liberal, and, and I know a lot of people in my family that are liberal. But but I don't I don't hate them for their points of view. But if every time I talk to them. They called me a racist because I support him. Or every time I talked to them, they were they they brought up how much they hate Donald Trump. I would tend to not really uh, deal with them. I mean, I I, w- I wouldn't really want to be around them. Like like if you're a liberal, like like and they wouldn't want to be around me if every time I talked to them, I told them how stupid they were because they were liberal. Or and I don't actually believe they're stupid. I just I don't agree with a lot of their positions but uh, I but 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 it's 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 like, it's like they walked into my house and I just started railing on them because of their political views. See how how often do you think they would go uh to uh how how often do you think they would they would they would be, you'd want them in your house. So after a while, you know, you just kind of stop tuning in. And and it's like Saturday night live like uh with the Pete, do I really want to, you know, go and just watch Republicans made fun of all day? Uh, I mean, I have a sense of humor. You all know that, but but after a while, you're kind of like, I don't know. I'm not really gonna uh, deal with that. And yeah, Lee's points out SNL used to make fun of Gerald Ford falling down. You know, because he because Gerald Ford was clumsy. I mean, you know, let's face it, he was he was clumsy. But but uh, and and would fall all the time and and they made fun of that. But they never called Gerald Ford a racist or a this or a that or a Nazi. You know, they they never took it themselves so seriously, and they never took uh, their people who they disagree with so seriously. But boy, they really just um, went uh, went crazy and have been going crazy on Trump. And it's because they're they just they're they're spoiled rotten brats and they just can't tolerate losing anyway. Sarah Silverman is on with Bill Maher, and uh, Sarah has a show called "I Love You America," and she goes out and talks to people, um, you know, out, uh, in in the hinterlands and kind of what she calls outside of her bubble. Um, 
And so she decided she was going to go on and, and, this, and still make, try to attack President Trump uh, and got right really, to the, right really to the core of the whole thing by uh, just attacking her to the core. Attacking him to the core, and 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 conversely, you know, if you support him, then uh, they're saying the same thing about you. Which I think that the level of vitriol is just un- unbelievable anyway, here. Uh, I, before we get to the politics, congratulations, you got your walk, your walk, your star on the walk of fame today. There it is. Oh my God! Welcome to the club. I'll be I have one. You do? It's right next to Gary Busey. Oh, you're kidding. Not the star. Actually, Gary oh. Busey. I actually used to think that Sarah Silverman was kind of cute, too, but uh, being mean is not a good look. You know what I mean? You could be the best-looking person in the world, but if you've got a, a, a crappy attitude, uh, there's nothing that can make you uh, look good. There's nothing. You could, you could be the sexiest woman alive or man alive for that matter. But if you're a jerk, there's nothing that saves you from that. <laughs> you know, in a time, Bill, where anti-Semitic crime is up 57% since this douchebag has taken office, it is not lost on me that I am very lucky that I get a star and I don't have to sew it on my clothes. Oh, gosh. I mean, you know, that's, first of all, ridiculous to try to try to create this, this scenario where, uh, where Jewish people in America have to watch out for the possibility that they will suddenly be in concentration camps or whatever. It's the most ridiculous thing and I'd love to see the list, by the way, of the anti-Semitic crimes that are committed as compared to all other crimes and, and what they're calling anti-Semitic. Because I do know that the one prominent anti-Semitic attack, and believe me, this comes after a, a, a killing, the, the massacre at that synagogue. So I'm not downplaying uh, anti-Semitic attacks. But I am saying, though, that I'm not quite sure that, first of all, that figure is, is correct. And secondly, that this has anything to do with President Trump. Uh, and, and we've had people in the past who have attacked synagogues and done that kind of thing. And President Trump wasn't around. So I'm trying to figure out what that all is about. But we had that one thing where the cemetery, there was a, the cemetery vandalism. And it turned out it was some black dude who was angry at his girlfriend. It had nothing to do with anti-Semitism at all. In fact, I don't even think his girlfriend was Jewish. But uh, I, I, you know, and then you've got a president whose uh, son-in-law is Jewish, whose grandbabies are Jewish, and actually whose daughter is Jewish, and who has been lauded by the uh, pro-Israel lobby, and, and has been, and, and and even by Israel itself, and yet. He's anti-Semitic, and he's the creator of anti-Semitic crime. It's ridiculous to the point where Sarah Silverman has to talk about, you know, I could be wearing a star. So it's like, you got to be kidding me. I mean, you, you talk about uh, overdoing it. Lord. Oh. Ooh, no, you didn't. I, I did. Yeah, I don't know. That, 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 
<laughs> yeah, you went there. Yeah, yeah. You. Oh, you're so edgy. You went there. It's like really. Those humor or uh, just like it's funny because it's true humor. Well, I think it's they love Sarah Silverman humor. Oh, thanks. <laughs> no, I meant that yeah, because because I don't think Bill Maher thinks it's funny because it's true. He's trying to say it's funny because it's Sarah Silverman. Sarah Silverman wants it to be funny because it's true, and it's not true. So, so at least in Bill Maher's defense, even though he's about to suck up to her, in Bill Maher's defense, uh, he's like, when given a choice as to why what Sarah Silverman just said is funny, it's not because it's true. It's because it's Sarah Silverman. She didn't like that. Me too. You know when you're a comic and everyone thinks you're sarcastic all the time, you go, I love your dress. They go, fuck you. (laughs) Exactly. So your show is fantastic. I was honored this week. I was honored to be there. And, uh, you know, you do great service. You go out and you talk to people who are outside of our bubble. Sorry, it's buffering. Mm -hmm. You don't even know what oat milk is. (laughs) (laughs) Dears, <laughs> um this isn't working here i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna switch to my internet uh let me see here real quickly here uh let's see i'm on the extension i guess um yeah, i'll just go to my phone screw it um let's see let me just do do my personal hotspot here for you guys so I don't have to worry about the internet situation here. Go to my uh my Wi-Fi hotspot, which actually really comes in handy. Whether you guys have a Wi-Fi hotspot on your phone, but mine comes in really super handy. And uh especially now when I'm can't play things for and, you. Uh, do you think you're changing? You know, you do a great service. You go out and you talk to people who are outside of our little bubble here in Hipsterville. Mm-hmm. And you, think- you don't even know what oat milk is. <laughs> <laughs> Do we know what oat milk is? I don't know what oat milk is either. Maybe it's actually this site. It's not my internet. <laughs> Poor dears. <laughs> um, and uh, the- Well, anyway. Changing I- I- any minds out there? Uh, probably not. Yeah. But I'm, I'm changing mine. I mean, not... Politically, not, right. not ideologically, sure. but you do realize there is a difference, a bit of a difference between the the liars and the lied to. So she has gotten and 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 to the point where she's jumped the shark now. So here's a woman who's going out and interviewing normal, average, everyday people, and actually purporting to be uh, an individual who's being fair. So. There's no sense in having a show where you're kind of this is Sarah Silverman's America, and you are uh, which a lot of websites that try to host their own videos are often yeah that's true Matt I, I don't know I've I've never had a problem with newsbusters normally but but I guess I guess in the past, of the last week or so maybe it's the newsbusters site because the the last week has been like really terrible for, for that site. And I, I don't know why, but, but I, I sometimes will play videos from them. And for whatever reason, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of like, uh, um, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's been a problem maybe just on that site. I don't know. Cause I mean, yeah, I, I normally haven't had much of a problem with your, 
uh, with with the with the uh, stuff here. I don't know. Um, we'll see. Um, did you guys hear too? By the way, that there that there was a uh, Russell Crowe's friend, and this is up there on um, on Clash Daily and Doug uh, Doug Giles's site. Uh, you know, Russell Crowe is typically a uh, part of the liberal Hollywood fabric. And, uh, yeah, it's newsbusters.com. Is there, is there an issue with that, buddy? It's newsbusters.com. Here. Um, Matt, will you text me the – I'll go back on – oh, here it is. I'm, I'm good. Um, so Russell Crowe is – I got it. Russell Crowe is part of the whole uh, fabric of Hollywood, kind of the, 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 the first guy out of the block who will say something snarky about Republicans or snarky about the way we've been – comporting ourselves and i wonder what his um i wonder what what he'll say this time when a guy named sisto malaspina he's 74 years old um was murdered by a guy who uh set fire to a truck that had gas cylinders on it just outside of uh, a place called pellegrini's cafe and he stabbed him and and two other people. And it turns out that this guy uh, outside of in, in Pellegrini's, and this is this is uh, is a uh, friend of Russell Crowe's. And ISIS has uh, taken responsibility of uh, for for this attack, and it was uh, apparently in Australia. And, and and it's being called a terrorism attack, a terrorist attack. And so I'm wondering whether or not people in Hollywood, and or, or for that matter, even Russell Crowe, uh, will be able to actually see through their own personal experiences whether or not militant Islam is indeed a threat to uh, to, to, to not only the world. But to the United States, uh, and, and you know, this is something sometimes, unfortunately, that starts to sway people when they're directly affected by it. Here's another example uh, of of terrorism. Uh, this is Tucker Carlson again, uh, who as uh, had and it's a tape of this where uh, Tucker Carlson was at a country club with his son and daughter. Uh, and, and, and these people did what Maxine Waters has told them to do, and that is terrorize fellow citizens. And, and, and at what point are we finally going to, um, to, to, to realize that there's not much difference between the people who are Islamic militant terrorists and the people who are liberal militant terrorists. When are we going to actually start to make comparisons between these two? So far, we actually haven't had uh, anybody murdered by a left winger. We've had Antifa hitting people with bike locks and breaking windows and lighting fires. And I guess you could say, well, yeah, but the one time there was anything remotely close to terrorism as a Trump supporter, uh, that could be true. But it depends on what you call terrorism, and 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 it depends on and it depends on uh, you know when when you remember 
when Maxine Waters and others were talking about people being confronted in uh, restaurants and at the gasoline stations and those kinds of things, that they were uh, that they they said, "Well, we want people to be uncomfortable." Well, what do you think terrorists think? What do you think terrorists want people to be when they commit acts of terror? They want people to be uncomfortable. That's called terrorizing people. When you terrorize people, when you put them in fear, you control them. That's what terrorism is. And Maxine Waters all but admits that that's her, that's her motivation, that's her role, or that, 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 that's, that's what she's trying to do. So it's no wonder... And now this is kind of a retroactive kind of release in terms of um, in terms of the uh, uh, the Tucker Carlson saga, because there's a video out there now, and and Tucker Carlson says, you know, on October 13th, I had dinner with two of my children and some family friends at the Farmington Country Club in Charlottesville, Virginia. Toward the end of the meal, and this is even at a country club, people. Not that, not that you'd expect. I mean, I'm not saying that people who go to country clubs are uh, better than people who don't, but it's not like, you know, a country club, usually there are members there. And, and so, uh, you know, you're kind of in, it's not like if you're, if you're at a restaurant, there's no membership, uh, uh, equivalent here you know that you, you, you people could just walk in and you don't know who they are but presumably in a country club people are members there and so people kind of you you expect that somebody might not actually be as aggressive and crazy as they would at a, at a, at a more public place anyway uh i'm at the towards the end of my meal my 19 old daughter went to the bathroom with a friend on their way back through the bar a middle-aged man stopped my daughter and asked if she was sitting with Tucker Carlson. My daughter had never seen the man before. She answered, that's my dad. And pointed uh, to Tucker Carlson. The man responded, are you Tucker's whore? He then called her an effing C-word. He says, my daughter returned to the table in tears. She soon left the table and the club. My son, who's also a student, went into the bar to confront the man. I followed. My son asked the man if he called his sister a whore and a C-word. The man admitted he had and again became profane. My son threw a glass of red wine in the man's face and told him to leave the bar, which he soon did. Immediately after the incident, I described these events to the management at the Farmington Country Club. The club spent more than three weeks investigating the incident. Last week, they revoked the man's membership and threw him out of the club. He said, I love my children. It took enormous self-control not to beat the man with a chair, which is what I wanted to do. I think any father could understand the overwhelming rage and shock that I felt seeing my teenage daughter attacked by a stranger. But I restrained myself. I didn't talk to him. Talk, talk to him. Uh, and uh, apparently, uh, the guy is a gay Latino, and now is claiming that somehow he was the one who was the victim. Oh, guys, you guys, you get the fuck out of here! Guys, get out of here! Get out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. 
Now, the language here is a little rough, okay? It's Tucker Carlson, his son, telling this guy to get the F out of here. But it's 830, and and hope I think the kids are in school, so I'm going to go ahead and play the whole thing. But, good, you know, th- this is one of those things where at some point, I think that people are going to have to just stop sitting there and taking it. And and thank goodness Tucker Carlson and his son didn't just sit there and take it. You know, because to me, watching people like Mitch McConnell's wife sitting in some booth while a bunch of people uh while a bunch of people scream at him isn't right. I mean and and, and you 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 want Mitch McConnell to kind of get up and say, you know what, F you uh, leave me alone, or at least call on management or something to do something about about this. Because that's the thing that bothers me bothers me the most is that is that whenever you see these things taking place, I don't care whether it's outside of Tucker Carlson's home or in a restaurant with Ted Cruz or or Mitch McConnell, or whatever. Is you never see anybody stepping in. You never see anybody uh, coming to their rescue. Now, sometimes the video's cut off, so I'm re- I'm obviously relying on people's uh, I'm I'm relying on people's video, so I don't know how this works. But uh, every time I see these video, these people who are walking into restaurants and everything, it's like, where is management? Where are the people who need to be t- turning these people out? I mean, if they're not customers, um, they, they these people need to be run out of the place. And even if they are customers, they need to be told to go back to their places or their tables or whatever. But for whatever reason, they, uh, they're never around. I don't know why that is. Anyway, this is Tucker and his son taking after the guy. Get the fuck out of here. Guys, guys, get out of here. Guys, 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 get the fuck out of here. No, don't. Hey, 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 come on, you get the fuck out of here, I'm not doing anything, what's wrong, please, just, there's no excuse for violence, you're not going to defend that guy, you know what he did, I'm not, I'm saying there's no excuse for violence, that's right, there will be some, I've just said there's no excuse for violence, yeah, so, so the guy, there's a guy defending this guy, there's no excuse for violence, but apparently it's okay, to call somebody's daughter a c-word and a whore, but throwing a glass of wine in somebody's face is what is is violent. Well, at some point we're going to have to uh, face up to the fact that violence is oftentimes through words as well. And so that's fu- it's funny how suddenly uh, Tucker Carlson's son throwing wine in the guy's face is somehow an, an egregious uh, crime. But 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 the what the the guy who called his daughter a a c word and a whore is apparently just not 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 a big deal. It's just kind of like well that's that's just you know him exercising his his uh, uh, free speech. Well, we'll see how it all shakes out down there in the Banana Republic, known as uh, Broward County, Florida. I want to give you an update on what's happening with these uh, with these votes and and what's been going on when it comes to. Uh, you should see all across the country, actually, uh, and, and, and what's what's happening with these. Uh, I mean, Arizona 
isn't much different, people. Arizona has had the exact same problem, but I'll explain that in, in just a second. So uh, in, in Broward County, Brenda Snipes is continuing to screw things up with this recount and these votes. Uh, and, and there's a possibility now she's going to get suspended by either Rick Scott or uh, Governor Ron DeSantis, who is, by the way, the governor. Well, ultimately the governor-elect. And now some Democrats are saying that they, she needs to go too. She's losing support from fellow Democrats and faces the increasing likelihood of an embarrassing suspension from office. Suspending Snipes from office would put a final exclamation point on one of the most contested midterms in recent Florida history, which has resulted in three statewide recounts. U.S. Senate governor and the ag commissioner apparently is also a recount down there, which actually the ag commissioner in Florida is a damn important job because Florida is uh, big on agriculture, as you know. Uh, And then there's uh, recounts in three local legislative races. And so uh, there are some rifts being developed right now because some Democrats are trying to defend her. And and she's obviously claiming, you know, that there's there's some kind of racial component here. But the problem is she's done this before. I mean, in in 2016, uh, she was also accused of similar mismanagement of these uh, of these ballots. and, And it's really causing a problem down there. The fact of the matter is it doesn't matter in the end, uh, in my opinion, whether or not there's, there's going to be a, uh, uh, there's going to be a loss. 15,000 votes right now is, uh, the difference between Rick Scott and Bill Nelson. And, uh, and there's, the, uh, the outcomes are probably, more likely just to stay where they are, which is DeSantis is governor and Rick Scott is senator. And so uh, we had... uh, Right, Arnell's Harry Enten. There is something about Harry. Before we get to Florida, I insist we talk about Arizona, where where Kirsten Sinema looks like she is expanding her lead and may very well soon be declared the winner in that state. This is a huge flip if it happens for the Democrats. Yeah, it's a huge flip. I mean, you can see this lead is now... Heading towards a point and a half ever since election night, Kirsten Sinema's lead has started. In fact, she was behind and then she took the lead and mm-hmm. it just keeps rising and rising and rising as more ballots come in. Remember, a lot of mail-in ballots in that state. And yeah, you mentioned it. It's a huge, it's a huge deal because this is a state that hasn't elected a Democratic senator since 1988. And you know why this is likely happening? It could be because of fraud. First of all, this whole idea of mail-in ballots and I understand that you have the absentee ballot. We talked about this last week. These varieties of ways that people are voting is, to me, so suspicious and so fraught with trouble and, and potential fraud. I can't believe that we have so many different ways that people are voting these days, whether it be mail-in or, you know, uh, the, Mark Casey was talking about how people were lining up outside the place to early vote it's like I, I thought there was an absentee ballot and if you and if you absolutely were sick in the hospital surgery or military that's the way you absentee voted but now everybody's like mailing votes in and this kind of stuff but uh 
there's a uh, there's a uh, county recorder in uh, in Arizona, and, uh, and uh, they're questioning whether how the Maricopa County uh, vote recorder is handling. And Maricopa County is one of the counties that is responsible for giving cinema uh, so many extra votes. So there's basically a vote total separation of about thirty something thousand votes. But the 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 guy who's tasked with recording these votes in Arizona, and this is a pretty big deal, by the way. This is a Senate seat, and so for Republicans to lose uh, a Senate seat in Arizona is really Amazing. You just heard this reporter talk about how they haven't elected a Democrat since 80-something. So the Maricopa County uh, recorder is a guy named Adrian Fontes. And he is a guy who used to be a lawyer. And when he was a lawyer, he defended one of these gangsters involved in the Fast and Furious gun-running scandal. So he was elected as the Maricopa County Recorder in 2016. But before that, he was a guy who defended uh, <laughs> narco-terrorists and, 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 and people involved in firearm scandals and basically was, was uh, in part tied into Eric Holder's administration as, as, a, as Attorney General. And this is the guy that now is is counting votes in uh, in Maricopa County in Arizona. Fontes faces accusations of employing corrupt voting counting practices in Maricopa, and Maricopa County is the one is the county that delivered the late breaking lead to Cinema in Arizona, and. Uh, McSally led this race for two days before suddenly a bunch of batches of votes in Maricopa, Maricopa County, Arizona, were suddenly found. Oh, look, we found a bunch of boxes of votes. It's like, what? And now suddenly uh, cinema is in the lead. And, and, and uh, there are a lot of Republicans uh, in other counties in the state who are now suing the recorder uh, and people who are using similar tactics. So uh, right now, Fontes and these other guys have until Wednesday to show that they're verifying signatures uh, on the early ballots. And, and what happened is these things were like dropped off at these polling places. And uh, the Fontes and the others, uh, they opened up emergency voting centers in Maricopa County. In in the uh, the weekend before the Tuesday election, uh, they they uh, they opened up emergency voting centers for people. Which is which is when I saw that I'm thinking. What What is an emergency voting center? And how are people allowed to do that? 
And it's not unlike where Marcation was when he was vo- when he went ahead and voted. It wasn't. It's not unlike uh, what he was doing there, where suddenly people just go to the board of election commissioners and and start to vote and line up well before the election. None of this could possibly be kosher. I mean, I, I, maybe some of it is, but for the most part, I'm thinking to myself, what the hell is going on here? What, how did this creep up on America, this idea of these, uh, of these uh, polling places to just pop up out of nowhere? I mean, how, how is this possible? But it is, and especially the emergency voting center thing. That, I mean, that, to me, is beyond the pale, but that's what they did. And they're also accused of mixing disputed ballots with 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 valid ballots, and that that same thing happened in uh, in Florida, where uh, Snipes had the uh, had two boxes close to each other. One was filled with uh, dis- disqualified votes, and the other was uh, was filled with qualified ones, and they mixed them. So it's it's crazy, and just and keep in mind, if this if this seat goes to the uh, to the Democrats, I, it's going to just make life just that much harder. And so hopefully they're going to. Unfortunately, though, it's going to be a tighter race for there to be actually a uh, a recount. But the Florida election recount is uh, underway now, and and if things go the way they normally go, uh, you're going to have a situation where. Uh, the vote totals might even get uh, further in Florida. So Rick Scott could be beating Nelson even by more, and DeSantis could be beating Gillum even by more. The likelihood of votes uh, coming in here uh, in favor of the of the people who are uh, opponents is is pretty pretty slim. Wall Street Journal reporting this morning that uh, Hillary will run again and easily capture the 2020 nomination. That's from the Wall Street Journal. And, and, and keep in mind, this is as Ocasio-Cortez has talked about running. This is as uh, Beto has talked about running. Their, their, their reaction to Beto being swamped by Ted Cruz was, oh, you must be our next Democratic nominee for, for president. It's like, uh, what? You just got your ass kicked by Ted Cruz. How are you now going to be the Democratic nominee for president? But that's how things work, apparently. But believe me, Hillary Clinton looks like she's serious about uh, about running again. The Wall Street Journal say this morning, get ready for Hillary Clinton 4.0. More than 30 years in the making, this new version of Mrs. Clinton, when she runs for president in 2020, will come full circle. True to her name, Mrs. Clinton will fight this out until the last dog dies. She won't let a little thing like two stunning defeats stand in the way of her claim to the White House. So the Wall Street Journal believes that she's going to absolutely be back in action and be the, the and and be the easy uh, nominee for uh, for president. You ready for this again? Another a rematch between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. To me, if I'm Donald Trump, I'm I'm praying for a rematch. To me, this all but guarantees that President Trump will get a, another uh term, but I, but but as far as I'm concerned, that was already kind of guaranteed, but 
get ready for Hillary 4.0. They did mention historically that, uh, you know, you just go to Richard Nixon and, you know, he lost to Kennedy in 1960. But then, uh, but then won the presidency in 68. So eight years after a bad defeat at the hands of John Kennedy, Nixon wound up winning the presidency in 1968. So there is, uh, there is some degree of uh, uh, historical perspective here. And there's, there's, a, there's a strong possibility that uh, it's not beyond the realm of comprehension that Hillary comes back. Kind of crazy. Also, by the way, CNN is uh, now about to sue the Trump administration uh, over the revocation of Jim Acosta's uh, permanent press credentials. Now, uh, I don't know. You guys saw – you guys might have seen Sam Donaldson coming out of the woodwork. Speaking of speaking of Nixon, uh, Sam Donaldson was uh, on, on the uh, Reliable Sources program with uh, what's-his-face, Brian Stetler. Um, and uh, and he's talking about how, you know, President Trump's small base isn't going to, you know, isn't going to win out, it, 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 that, that you can't, you know, this is not going to be something where uh, where the, the small base is going uh, to wind up winning. And Sam Donaldson actually... Uh, looks really old. You know, firestorm down upon himself. Well, that's my last question. Sam, back to you on that. It, it, on one level, doesn't the president want this fight? He wants a media... It's interesting. Sam Donaldson, I can't figure out what he's wearing on his head. Now, I'm not a big, uh, you know, I don't, uh, I don't really make fun of people's hair all that much. I have no right to, considering my hair. But I don't know what Sam Donaldson is wearing on his head, but it's like a it's not covering his whole head. Like he's got something like underneath it and he looks like he's wearing like, like a, a a Halloween costume wig. It doesn't even look like he's trying to be, be subtle here. Anyway, he doesn't look that bad though, but it's Sam Dallison. So they bring out Sam Dallison obviously because, uh, because the claim is that Jim Acosta is just like Sam Donaldson, like brave, courageous Sam Donaldson, who actually never resorted to the tactics that Jim Acosta does. So Sam Donaldson's about to say something that's going to make you angry, but if you're going to say anything positive about Donaldson, is that he never, he he didn't act in even half as bad as Jim Acosta did. I mean, to Sam Donaldson's credit here, but. Uh, nonetheless, he's he's totally in the uh, liberal tank here. So, especially in the wake of his losses in the midterms, uh, I think it was notable. CNN did not cover this a lot on TV this week. We didn't try to play into. We didn't try to take the bait. But we do have to be sensitive to this issue of distraction, don't we? You guys always take the bait. Who are you kidding? You're 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 a bunch of uh, largemouth bass. You just any shiny object you hit, and President Trump knows it. And he takes full advantage, believe me. Anyway, here's Sam. Well, we don't. Uh, you know, I hope I'm not mistaken, but it's my understanding that CNN and Acosta have sued that there will be a court hearing on Tuesday on this very not matter that, that we've I been discussing. I, not that I know well, of. Well, I know of it. You may be ahead of me. I, I've been told that because they've been. At- they, 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 haven't, they haven't actually sued yet. So it's kind of like this is on a show like Reliable Sources with two people 
not knowing what the other's talking about? I'm not quite sure that's true. I've been asked to give an affidavit, which I prepared, to, uh, to be submitted to the court. You know, Harry Truman had it right. He had advice for all sorts of public officials, and that is when they heard things they didn't like, uncomfortable questions, a pesky press corps and all of that. Remember this, he said, if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. Um, it's interesting that he's quoting Harry Truman because uh, as, as I think I remember, let's see, let me just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and bang uh, Harry Truman letter daughter. Okay, and uh, keep in mind now. Uh, that's uh, this is this is this is um, interesting. So let me see what uh, what Sam just says here, and then I'll go back. Harry Truman had it right. He had advice for all sorts of public officials, and that is when they heard things they didn't like, uncomfortable questions, a pesky press corps, and all of that. Remember this, he said: If you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. Hmm. When I heard that, I was thinking, I don't know. I seem to remember that Harry Truman once threatened to, like, kick somebody's ass for for making fun of his daughter. You know, like, like President Trump, and, and, and that's really interesting. That's the world we live in where we have people who are reciting elements of history, but it's not accurate it's kind of like when macron talked about nationalism and all that kind of stuff it's like i don't know do you remember that the united states of america being the united states of america and being its brand saved your asses not once but twice in europe i'm just wondering if you remember that at all do you remember the united states of america and how nationalism actually once paid off for you like pride in the United States of America. Because believe me, whenever you guys were in trouble, you didn't go to Libya. You didn't go to Sweden, did you now? You turned to the United States of America, which has a flag and which is very proud of itself. And you apparently love the fact that we were a strong military, strong country, and you just knocked on our door. You didn't knock on Sweden's door. You knocked on our door. Anyway, the rewriting of history is interesting to watch, especially among liberals. So Sam Dawson says, as Harry Truman once said, uh, if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. Well, I've got a letter here. As Harry Truman once said, I'm going to kick your ass. You keep talking about my daughter. Anyway, President Trump got all kinds of trouble when uh, he was said Ivanka is being treated unfairly. Uh, this was during the whole uh, Nordstrom thing where Nordstrom was pulling all of her stuff. Uh, but uh, there's a there's a 1950 letter uh, from President Harry Truman to a Washington Post music critic. And, and they're saying that, oh, uh, really, yeah. Uh, Paul Hume is the uh, music critic. And Paul Hume was uh, talking about Harry Truman's daughter, Margaret, and her singing. She sang. He had a, he had a, she had a singing performance. And, and uh, Hume wrote that Margaret was a unique American phenomenon with a pleasant voice of little size and fair quality, but, quote, cannot sing very well and is flat a good deal of the time, more last night than at any time we've heard her in past years. Now, that's a um, 
and then he kind of went on and on about her too. He goes, uh, uh, she still cannot sing with anything approaching professional finish. So Truman, is the, you know, the, the one Sam Dallison just quoted, as as Harry Truman once said, if you can't stand the heat, stay out of the kitchen. Harry Truman fired off this letter to the music critic. And by the way, probably a lot of you out there, when you heard Donaldson quote Harry Truman, you were thinking to yourself, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily use Harry Truman as a great example of, of that because you guys knew about this letter, right? Some of you did at least. Mr. Hume. I've just read your lousy review of Margaret's concert. I've come to the conclusion that you are an eight-ulcer man on four-ulcer pay. I don't know what that exactly means. If I I diagrammed it, I would get it. It seems to me that you are a frustrated old man who wishes he could have been successful. When you write such poppycock as was in the back section of the paper you work for, it shows conclusively that you're off the beam and at least four of your ulcers are at work. Someday I hope to meet you. When that happens, you'll need a new nose, a lot of beefsteak for black eyes, and perhaps a supporter below. I hope you'll accept that statement as worse of an insult than a reflection on your ancestry. There was was another person who called the guy gutter snipe, whatever. But that's, that's, that's from can't stand the heat, stay out of the kitchen, Harry Truman. Someday I hope to meet you. When that happens, you'll need a new nose, a lot of beefsteak for black eyes, and perhaps a support below, which means he was going to kick him right in the you know what's. When they heard things they didn't like, uncomfortable questions. Truman had it right. He had advice for all sorts of public officials. Does Sam Donaldson know about that letter, by the way? Uh, does he know? I mean, and, and again, I understand that, that I guess uh, Sam is insinuating somehow that, that well, talk about your daughter or whatever. But the reality is quoting Truman is a little weird here. Given his, that letter. Harry Truman had it right. He had advice for all sorts of public officials. And that is, when they heard things they didn't like, uncomfortable questions, a pesky press corps and all of that. Remember this, he said, if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. Or write a letter to a journalist and threaten to kick him in the balls, give him a black eye, and tear their nose off. I guess I guess it was Harry Truman. Uh, choice B just wasn't listed. Choice A is if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. I guess choice B was, but if you uh, if you can't stand the heat, you can also write a letter to a journalist and threaten to take him out and give him black eyes and bust their nose and kick him in the balls. Just you know, just a lesson for you. <laughs> It sometimes is that simple, isn't it? For yeah, any yeah, yeah. President, for any well, politician. The president, the president seems to believe that if he wants to do something, it should be done. Constitution aside, even Congress aside, certainly other than his base, the American people aside. It's interesting how they didn't have this conversation when Obama was talking about his pen and his phone, did they now? And by the way, President Trump, every t- the, the, the decisions he's made 
let me ask you this. Has the, has the Supreme Court or any high court rejected on constitutional grounds any decision that the president has made? And keep in mind that the decisions that have gone before the highest courts in the land, I'm talking about the appeals courts and, and indeed uh, uh, the, the, the courts that have to decide his, his, uh, whether or not his moves like on immigration or constitutional, he's always, his, his power has always been reaffirmed. Has the, has the president received any high court setback on any of his moves at all? And going around Congress using an executive order, the executive order is constitutional. I hope people know that. And you know what? It was constitutional when Obama was using it, although it was determined ultimately that some of Obama's moves, especially as relate to some of the green cards and all that kind of stuff, still needed congressional approval and he didn't get it. But that's kind of a retroactive look. It's too late now. President Trump just needs to dismantle it. And if somebody doesn't like it, then they can sue. But so far... Everything the president has done, there's not one thing he's done that could not be described as uh, constitutional. Not one. I mean, am I missing something? And it's funny how Obama bragged about the pen and the phone, and he was lauded as a fearless new, new leader. Work that way, and he's not going to get away with it. Sam, how is this going to end? How do you see this period in history ending? I think it ends with the, with with the reelection of President Trump in 2020. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry, Brian. You asked that question. You asked Sam that question. I'm sorry. With the change in, uh, I hope, the president's attitude. I believe in forgiveness and redemption of sin. But it's going to change. Oh, now, now, it's, now it's, I'm sorry, it's, it's Pastor Sam Dowelson who has uh, declared President Trump a sinner. Because he and people who enable him to do what he's trying to do and has done so far uh, are not going to be able to prevail. His small base, and I think they're a minority, who believe if the Nazis and the protesters are on both sides, there are good people on both sides. His small base is not going to run this country. He doesn't have a small base. He's got a huge swath of support out there. And if we have to go back to that whole thing where he is accused of equivocating between Nazis, there were good people who were there. There were good people who were protesting, uh, even though the Nazis and these white supremacists had infiltrated what they were doing. There were some good people there defending the Confederate statues and the, and the right of these Confederate statues to stand. There were good people there. And, 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 and there were good people on both sides. There were good people who were, who were also protesting the statues who were good people as well. So I, I'm not quite sure why... That has become the big thing these guys are hanging on to is this uh, idea that President Trump was somehow equivocating on that matter. But, you know, am I really having to be dragged back to uh, Charlottesville over all this thing? Lord have mercy. Anyway, I hope you all have a fantastic Veterans Day. Uh, I hope you all uh, are able to uh, tell as Pete Davidson and as Dan Crenshaw pointed out, tell a fellow veteran or a veteran or a fellow veteran, never forget, because today the official commemoration of Veterans Day, even though obviously it was yesterday, but today's the official commemoration of it. And I encourage you all to go out and grab a bottle of Purple Heart wine from your local Deerbergs. And thank you to Phil over there at Southern Glazers for turning me on to that. And thank you to Southern Glazers for all your help in making my mom's uh, birthday party awesome. By the way. It was good. 
Golden Oak Lending, 314-567-GOLD. Thank you so much for your support of Radio Free Almond. Thank you to also to uh, Michael Proctor, Proctor spelled like Dr. Proctor, Drapery.com. 45 years in the window art business, window fashion. Let's call it that. Beautiful, beautiful options for you. And Michael is your interior designer. He is also your procurer. He's seven days a week. Got all of it for you. Also, Matthew Mitchell, the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency, 855 Quote Me. Auto Home and Life with Matthew. It's awesome. I had the privilege of uh, checking in with Ricky Hall on Friday at Nutrition HQ. Thank you all, by the way, for hitting him up and even hitting his website for all of your pre-workout or your weight loss needs or whatever. All kinds of great products for you. For the men... You've got the uh, the Winnelly, which I really love, and the Virilitat, which is great for your testosterone levels and your energy and that kind of thing. So it's Winnelly and Virilitat, and then it's also uh, Lady Lean and Tone Complex for women, so... If all of you are now in your busy fall schedules and can't get a chance to get a workout that you want, these will help you keep that body. Or maybe even help you shred a few if you want to. Ricky can do it all for you at NutritionHQ, NHQ.rocks. Thank you, Dr. Naputi, Eric Naputi, NaputiWellness.com. I talked about PTSD earlier. Dr. Eric has helped so many of our veterans in the throes of PTSD or other kinds of injuries without hooking them up on addictive medicine and things like that. He's been helping them with brainwave therapy and the non-opioid drip pain issues. It's great. He's a good man. NaputiWellness.com is the website. Thank you, Santino Cigars and Cocktails as well. Right there on Vogel Road in beautiful Arnold. Thank you to Tracy Ellis and Rick Ellis. TracyEllis.com for all of your home buying, home selling. You name it, you got it. TracyEllis.com. And thank you to all of you. Wishing you a blessed Veterans Day from Radio Free Almond. RadioFreeAlmond.com. Have a good one.